Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. Welcome, welcome. Episode 11 of Silver and Gold is in your ears once again. Happy Halloween, one and all. I am The Loaf, and with me, Dr. Zom. Hello, I am Dr. Zom, and I am uh, ready, willing, and able to rock and roll you. And let me tell you something, Daddy. Every time we start the show... I'm playing air guitar and air drums. <laughs> I fucking just rock in my head. This is, if only one of us actually lived in Atlanta, it would make a lot more sense. But that that song gets me amped every time, man. Hot Atlanta, Daddy. <laughs> so uh, this week on the show, we are covering a couple of uh, silver and gold scented horror uh, horror movies, quote unquote, with the finger quotes. Uh, Maniac Cop with uh, two chins from 1988, I believe. Uh, was Bruce Campbell, Robert Zadar. And we're doing uh, Chuck Norris, one that's definitely out of his wheelhouse, uh, where he fights, I guess, a zombie. I guess you could call him a zombie. He did come back from the dead. Uh, Silent Rage from 1982, I think. Totally guessing on this. Oh. Oh. (laughs) How have you been, Mr. Zom? I've been doing really well, um, having lots of health issues, uh, due to natural gas fracking and coal burning plant power plants, we, we just we, we just, just really excited ourselves talking yes. about all this depressing yes, shit uh, about coal mining and fracking and yeah. fracking. Uh, we we were just we were uh, trying to come to a conclusion of why I have been coughing for about the past like two months straight since we've done the show, and um, yeah, I think I'm dying. But you know, if I die, bury my heart at wounded knee, and the podcast must go on. Baby. All right. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty good here. Um, we got a we got a crazy looking movie this week. I think I mentioned it last week. Opening it at the theater called Raw One. Um, I'm gonna try to check that out soon. It, it's like a it looks kind of like a Bollywood ripoff of Tron. Um, mm-hmm. But a I, uh, I read a I've read a decent review of it. So it's cool to see this kind of evolution in um, Indian cinema co- going. Uh, getting more and more western as time goes on um you're down big time with the bollywood i, I like the bollywood i do um <laughs> uh, and this one it might be actually centered more towards kids it's definitely a superhero movie um but our, somebody posted I don't, I don't remember who it was but somebody posted a decent review of it the other day on facebook so well um, i'll tell you what um i've only seen ah maybe one or two bollywood movies but you can act, you can tell 
that um, there is like a revolution or a transformation in Bolly in the Bollywood movies because that one that I watched, Cake Farter, was <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, that's something like you would not even see. The CGI in that was fan fucking tastic. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I wonder I if you like. can. I mean, it would probably be, you would probably get sued for stealing their idea, but I'm thinking coconut cream pie would be excellent. <laughs> oh God! So, the meringue would just be blowing away, like you know, the the the, the <laughs> styrofoam peanuts that you get out of a box. You'd have confetti. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know most of you uh, uh, loser listeners of ours are probably gold bricking on your job right now, listening to the show instead of doing what you're supposed to be doing. So do not look up cake farters, especially oh. if your employer uh, uh, checks your uh, history or anything like that. It is oh. not safe for work. No, it is not safe for work. <laughs> and if you have like kind of maybe like a little bit of a weak stomach, <laughs> um, it's not safe because I. It wasn't quite two girls, one cup, but uh, for some reason, it just kind of made me cringe. <laughs> I got to listen to Zom's reaction. It was like it was oh. like watching the YouTube reactions of people watching uh, yeah. watching two girls, one cup. I got to listen to Zom's reaction to cake. The cake water. looked good. It looked delicious. <laughs> it was it was a it simultaneously. Uh, he was disgusted and highly entertained. It was really funny. Well, I think it was the farting. The farting because was the, the entertaining was part. And she had a little bit of an overbite, which I always like. But <laughs> the farting just, just I mean, it was um, it was the one thing that kind of, I think they jumped the shark with the farting. They went too far. Should have just left it at one. All right. So, uh, well, before we get into movie reviews and, and cake farts, um, oh. let's, uh, let's talk about what we've been watching this week. Hmm. Well, it's, it was a slow week. Um, I'm not joking this week. It was... I got a lot in. I did good. Well, that's good. You're pick you're gonna pick up the slack. Uh the first movie that I watched was uh Hotel Terminus. It is like a four hour uh documentary about uh Klaus Barbie, who was a um Nazi uh he was the head of the Gestapo in Lyon, France. And um he's pretty famous because there was a um a uh, French resistance leader, uh, Jean Moulin, uh, who um, he they they captured, and uh, there's like a the guy's like a legend. He's a legend in France, and he's a legend, you know, if you know who he is. Um, he had been captured. I don't know how many different times before. He actually, when he was in, when he was captured at one time, he tried to slit his own throat uh, to kill himself, and they you know, kept him alive or whatever. So a lot of the pictures you see he has a big scarf around his neck because he had a big scar on his neck. And but the whole thing is it's a it's a, won an Academy Award, I'm pretty sure, mm -hmm. for um document best documentary. Um it's the compelling part about it, there I mean there's a couple of things. One of them is the guy that did it, Marcel Ofouls, uh he um goes around and interviews these people. And it's there are parts where I was sitting there watching it and actually just kind of like you're you're seeing these old women because they're older now you know I think uh, uh, some of them at the time maybe were like in their twenties or uh, you know early thirties or something like that when this actually happened and now right. they're 
that's like 70 years old or whatever, or, or maybe even a little bit older. And um, to watch, especially like even some of the women just sit there and talk about how this guy, he would, he would actually do a lot of the interrogations himself. And you see this uh, like 70 year old woman just talking, not breaking down and crying, not, saying you know not like getting upset there was a couple times where this one woman she she got you know she got tears in her eyes but for the most part a lot of them were just saying just like we're talking right now about you know he would take my head and and beat it against the edge of this desk until i was unconscious and then they would wake me up and you know they would give him they'd strip him down and give him ice baths put him in this big thing just full of ice and you know just beat him and do all this stuff and so he they they suspect that he actually beat this Jean Moulin uh, actually to death, you know, um, himself. And but it's really good. And then Klaus Barbie actually, if you don't know the story, he um, they they found him in I think it was not Argentina, uh, Bolivia, or someplace down like South America. And he was um, training a lot of the um, South American dictators on how to like do interrogations how to do gestapo like tactics as far as intelligence and stuff like that and torture and the weird thing was is that he was kind of like in our the american government's pocket because of, of course at that time we were really big into stopping communism in south america so we didn't care and you know uh, there's they had uh, some u.s intelligence former u.s intelligence officers on there that actually worked with him and they were like oh he seemed like a nice guy to me i i didn't see like any overt ra uh, racism and stuff and like go fuck yourself but the best part is um he this guy would go and um actually confront a lot of these nazis in Germany, and they, they're like, you know, holding papers up to their face, you know, uh, well, get that camera off, you know, I don't want to talk to you. And he's like, you know, uh, what kind of a threat is a, um, you know, four year old girl? You know, uh, right, why would right. you interrogate a four year old girl? And the guy's like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not saying anything. I don't want to, you know, and it's like, oh my God. But it's done in a weird way where he, especially when he's confronting these people, that it's almost done in like almost like a humorous way. Not like it's totally joking or anything like that, but it's just he he's almost laughing at how pathetic they are. So that was really good. If you get anybody gets a chance to watch it, they should check that out. Um that'd be compelling stuff. On that note, I watched um Army of Shadows, which is a Jean Pierre Melville uh movie, and it's a criterion movie. Uh, it stars Lino Ventura, and it's basically a fictionalized version of um, Jean Moulin and um, his working for the um, resistance during World War II. And the you know the Nazis basically occupied France, and um, of course you know they were sending the Jews and stuff like that to concentration camps and everything. But everybody pretty much else could live their daily life. You know, as long as you had your papers and your papers were okay, you could, you know, the people just walked the streets and went to their jobs and everything. And uh, so all this stuff's going on um, with uh, them doing a lot of, you know, covert stuff. And it's, it's really intriguing. It's shot just beautifully. Uh, Melville was just awesome. So if you get a chance to see that one, you know, that's a good companion piece for Hotel Terminus. Mm. Uh, <laughs> moving into uh, another realm. <laughs> I watched uh, Jackass 3.5, uh, 
<laughs> and uh, it was on TV the other day. And um, I um, just happened to be flipping channels and I started watching it. And I've seen just about all of them. Yeah. And this one I had not seen because it's it's all the stuff that didn't make it into Jackass 3, the 3D movie. I need to and see. It was, I think, okay, so I only watched 3.5. I assumed that 3.5 was just like three with some extra stuff. But apparently no, it's just yeah, I need to see three It's stuff. all extra stuff. There's yeah. there's it's there's nothing in it that uh I mean like the guy getting hit in the face with the fish right. the big fish he's sitting on the chair and stuff like that. They'll show that, but it's they, they at in showing it they have a reason to show it because they did a lot of stuff where they would say, Okay, we're gonna do this and they showed like the different takes and he the would say the face was awesome. Yeah, well, he would say, you know, okay, uh, let's let's take two on the, you know, him smashing him in the face with a big salmon or whatever it was, and the guy says, okay, just just don't hit me in the eye, just don't hit me in the eye. <laughs> so he's sitting there and he's braced and ready for it. So Johnny Knoxville just takes the giant fish and hits him in the nuts with it. So it's like <laughs> there was a lot of stuff where they would set big um, big um, scenarios up. Right, right. But. In the in their mind, they they would even show them. They'd be like scheming, like okay, the only reason we're doing this, they think we're doing it because of this, but we're gonna actually do this to them, you know, and catch them off guard. So it was really good. It was funny as shit, you know. A lot of the stuff was um, was uh, pretty over the top. The bit, I liked the, the bit with the radio controlled helicopter was pretty funny. The radio controlled helicopter <laughs> that was fun. Mm. The next movie I watched was Transporter 3 with Jason Statham. And, um, you know, I <laughs> was that you farting? <laughs> cake farting. Okay. Is, are you eating cake on the air? But that, cake, <laughs> that cake was made out of shit. Uh, well, um, <laughs> I, I just, go ahead. Go, no, 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 go ahead. I just, I, I, I have a, I have a, I have a chip of shit on my shoulder for Statham. I just, I, I don't like Jason Statham very much. Have you ever noticed, like, he, okay, in most movies, he never smiles. He always yeah. has kind of scowl, you know, tough guy scowl. When he was in The Expendables, he smiled, and there's a reason why he doesn't smile. He has a really <laughs> gummy smile, and, and he's not really, like, an attractive smile. But I'm, I'm telling you what, this dude is one of these guys that – um now he may just be like some kind of phenomenal fucking athlete, mm -hmm. but I haven't seen like um, Olympic decathletes that are as muscled up as he is. <laughs> so I'm, I'm. This is just speculation, but I'm wondering if Jason Statham doesn't do a cycle or two before he does it, because his back is so fucking muscular. I was like, oh my god, you know, and his whole, you know. So anyway, um, I. For what they are, the transport, the first one, of course, you know, it's like a lot of series of movies or whatever. Um, I like, you know, the first one was was the best one or whatever. But um, I, they, they are what they are. I like a lot of the the, the car stuff in them. Yeah. But this one, the girl was just not attractive at all to me. And she, I don't mind freckles. I actually like redheads, so I, I, I like freckles. Yeah. Um, but um, she had too many freckles. Like she had freckles on her lips. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, and that's fine. I mean, if somebody does, it's just, I, I, it, it wasn't just that. She just was not, she just didn't do anything for me. Now, the best part of the whole movie was this guy, uh, Robert Nepper. Mm -hmm. 
or I, I guess it's Nepper with the silent K, Knepper, Knut Rockney. He is awesome. He played Teabag in um, um, Prison Break, and he's been in a ton of movies. But um, he kind of has like almost like a young Lance Henriksen kind of a look. Mm-hmm. And so he was the probably the best part of this movie as far as I'm concerned. Now, moving right along, because we don't have too much time on Statham. Um, I <laughs> uh, watched a movie called Starkweather, and this was one of those um, – there for a while, and I don't know if they're still doing it or not. They were putting out a lot of straight-to-DVD movies, that low-budget movies about serial killers, real-life ones. Yeah, Like they had the one um, that um, – Oh, Jeremy Renner played um, the fucking one dude that ate the people. Oh, Dom. There was a Dom, Dom. one. Was, yeah, that's kind gacy, of. There's a couple Gacy ones, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, so they, there was a lot of that stuff out. Well, this one is about Charles Starkweather, who was actually the uh, the character, the inspiration for the movie Badlands that Terrence Malick did. Uh, it's a real life guy, and, you know, him and his girl, and, and Bruce Springsteen's song, um, you know, uh, or the on the album The River. The, or no, Nebraska. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Nebraska. That was the the story for that song. But this this one actually, um, the uh, Badlands was kind of like a fictionalized version. This one, I think they pretty much uh, with these movies, um, they do it really uh, matter of factly, and they do it bam, bam, bam. What actually happened? the The best part about this because there's nobody in it that anybody would know. I don't think. Of course, some of you fuckers out there watch so many damn movies you know everybody you're gonna be like oh zombie yeah so-and-so was in there and this guy was the key grip but anyway there's nobody i know except for one person and to add some drama to it they kind of had the um the uh voice in his ear you know because i guess since he was suspected i guess you know all the shit he did they saying maybe he was crazy. Well, they had a kind of a person that would show up that only he could see. And I, I think it was supposed to be kind of like the devil right. because he was all in black, uh, black hat, black long coat, almost looked like the fucking undertaker. And uh, you never saw the guy's face, but the voice, I was like, wait a minute, that voice, that's fucking Lance Hendrickson. <laughs> well, the, the guy, the actual guy, I think what they did was the actual guy uh, that was playing the part. It was not Lance Hendrickson. But they never showed the guy's face because he looked like a pretty big guy. But they used Lance Henriksen's voice as the guy in his ear, you know, killer, kill that motherfucker, you know, and everything. And Lance Henriksen's a shit, man. Anyway, moving right along, it was all right. It was, it was, um, it was almost like it was shot. Well, it wasn't almost like it was shot. It was shot like with a high def, like a digital camera. Yeah. And you can really tell. I mean, it, it just looks. It doesn't look like it's film at all. It looks like somebody used a you know a handheld camera or whatever. I saw, I saw a news story the other day that the three companies that left that still the major companies left that make film cameras are ceasing production. So yeah, I right imagine. now on Earth, the last like true film camera is in somebody's hands. That's sad, but you know, uh, time marches on, technology, and I'm sure that there that you know there's still going to be some people for a while that are going to make stuff with film. Um, it just it just looks and, and maybe they'll come up with something and maybe they already have where they can do it digitally and it looks, you know, like that, but it you know, I, I you can really tell a difference. Um next movie was Lone Wolf McQuaid with Chuckles Norris <laughs> and uh David Carradine. Oh, that movie just makes me laugh. It was yeah, it, it 
when I saw this, okay, uh, that's the same with the movie we're going to review, Silent Rage. When I saw these movies, uh, and I was in just fucking Chuck Norris was like my fucking hero, and I watched, I went to the drive-in, I went to the movie theater to watch anything he was in, and um, this it was the same way with um, with Lone Wolf McQuaid, and I mean. Back then, of course, you know, there's no internet or anything, and we would go. They had a place called People's News in Marietta, Ohio, which was right across the river from where I lived. And we'd ride our bikes over there, and um, and get like kung fu magazines, wrestling magazines, and like a, a black belt magazine or kung fu magazine. There's martial arts magazines, and they had like Bill Superfoot Wallace and Chuck Norris, and you know all these guys. So you got to where you Jim Kelly, and you got to know all these people, and they, you, you find one with a cover with Bruce Lee on it or something. And um, so anyway, it was like bone severe boner time when I heard that Chuck Norris is going to go head to head with David Carradine. You know. Yeah. Kung- and everything, and I think I read somewhere that like David Carradine didn't even, it never really knew martial arts until it, like during the whole kung fu show. I think he might have they had like a stunt coordinator that would show him how to do stuff, but he never actually like took martial arts lessons or anything like that until later in his life. That's funny. But he, I mean, he looks like especially when him and Chuck square off at the end yeah. in this one. I mean, the fight scene's pretty good. Uh, the that's, that's the one where Chuck like. Powers up with a beer and drives his truck out of a grave, right? Yeah, they buried him in the truck. Uh, <laughs> he's like, so weak, must have beer. Just and then he pour, pours it in his mouth, and then he just pours it all over his face and chest. And and they like the sh- uh, Chuck, man. I'm telling you what, he liked to go shirtless, and he was a bear because he was hairy motherfucker. But um, he 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 uh. The one thing about these movies <laughs> that I thought was funny is they had some of the worst, like, sidekick guys. Mm-hmm. Like, if Chuck was the badass, you know, uh, kind of, you know, quiet, cool, calm, but could kick everybody's ass cop, they would always put him with a sidekick who was the biggest pussy or uh, the biggest douchebag. And in Lone Wolf McQuaid, he had this – he's like, hey, Ranger, uh, where are you going? You know, And I'm like, oh, my God, you're so fucking horrible. But uh, and then it had Barbara Carrera in it, and she was back then known for everybody loved Barbara Carrera um, in the like eighties because she would always get naked in movies, and she had these little perky little perfect uh, Hershey's Kisses boobies. But anyway, so uh, uh, Chuck and and Carradine, you know, it was, it was it was fun to watch, but. Back then, I thought, oh, my God, this movie is so fucking good. But now I watch it, and I'm like, this movie's a total comedy. It's so fucking funny. Yeah. You know? And I don't know if they thought it was supposed to be funny, but it's funny now. Uh, <laughs> the next movie I watched, um, there's a couple of them here that are just like uh, – it's almost like when I say I'm going to you know, review them or whatever. They're so uh, studio and so – uh, whatever, but it's uh, the fugitive with Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, I caught that the other day. I still like it. It still holds up pretty good. Um, it's one of those ones where almost like a Clark Kent thing, where everybody in Chicago is supposed to be looking for Doctor Richard Kimball, and here he is. All he does is put some kind of black shoe polish in his fucking hair, and he looks exactly <laughs> the same. Well, no, he actually had a big, big hairy beard when he when uh, he went on the run. Um, but it's still a good movie and you have, uh, Joey, Joey pants in there. And, um, I, I kind of, well, yeah, yeah. 
he he actually he wasn't too bad in this. He, he you know, uh, God bless him with the hair piece and everything. But um, I like how they kind of when they spun this off and did the um, pseudo sequel, they went with the Sam Gerard character and his crew because they were kind of a, a, a interesting. You know, it it worked well when they when they did the U.S. Marshals and had Robert Downey Jr. in there. But uh, The Fugitive is still good. The guy that played the one-armed man is just the ugliest. He plays a great villain. He was in um, Someone to Watch Over Me, and he is just about the ugly. I mean, just a big, <laughs> ugly. Uh, he looks like that eagle from uh, The Muppet Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, But anyway, <laughs> moving right along, uh, watched uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, nice. um, which is one of those movies where, <laughs> and I've heard a lot of people say this, um, I almost wish that the the first part with Quentin Tarantino and George Clooney as these brothers that were like uh, bank robbers and stuff, yeah. if they would have just made a whole movie just about those guys with in the same theme as the first half of the movie, it would have been probably a goddamn uh, classic. And I know what they were doing and everything, but that dramatic cut to uh, the the vampire you know movie halfway through it just it's fun for me to watch as two separate movies right because i can sit there and watch the second half and just be like this is so absurd you know it's kind of funny it's over the top it's almost campy and everything but it just totally does not fit with the first part of the movie, which was so good. It was like almost like a Reservoir Dogs. You know, I could see, love to see those two. You know, they were such badasses, and Tarantino being the crazy one, and you know, Clooney being the cool, you know, really super cool one with their Burt Reynolds deliverance haircuts. You know, <laughs> Tarantino was trying the best he could. You know, even though he had the receding hairline and everything. But it, t- together, it's it's fun to watch but i still i think they really fucked up by by uh doing it the way they did it it's all it's almost like they did the um the uh grindhouse thing with two separate movies and yeah. just kind of squished them together um next one i watched was a gem this was one that i found on on this this week and i, I posted how much i loved it a million times it was called catch the heat with uh tiana tiana Alexandra, and um, it had a, a really good like B movie cast. Uh, Brian Libby, who was uh, I did a double douche on Brian Libby this week because he is the bad guy in Silent Rage. He was in this. Uh, Brian Thompson, who was in uh, Cobra, with Stallone. And you know what's funny, people is as I'm saying this, um, this show compared to the last show <laughs> just shows you. Uh, what sleep can do for you <laughs> because I'm rattling off all these names and shit and remembering everything. Whereas last week it was like, uh, 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 uh you know, but, um, it had Rod Steiger in it and he had this horrible fucking toupee, wow. which was just awesome. It was an awesome, horrible toupee. That, that um, director, he did some, Oh, he did a movie called bad guys. His name is Joel Silberg. Yeah. And he did a movie called Bad Guys where two cops are a, a, like a wrestling tag team. It has Adam Baldwin in it. Oh. Adam Baldwin? Yes. It sucked. The, no. It's it's I mean it's hilarious. It's it's bad, this one, but This one was bad, but it was so fucking bad. It, it was so bad it's good as a cliche. This one was fantastic. So bad it was fantastic. He did Breaking also. Yes. 
that's a great movie. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Tiana Alexandra, I guess she she's made like a lot of uh, I don't know if it's Hong Kong or whatever like uh, martial arts movies, but mm-hmm. she's actually Vietnamese in real life. And in the movie, it's one of these ones where they just do things for like absolutely no reason. Like her name, she's Vietnamese, and you know she looks Vietnamese. She's this little petite you know Vietnamese girl, and her name is Checkers Goldberg. <laughs> and when she goes undercover, they the uh, the the cops give her the undercover name of Cinderella Pooh, <laughs> and and uh, Rod Steiger is um, he's kind of like you know he's a criminal or whatever, and they're they're um, smuggling cocaine, and the way they smuggle the cocaine is is that they um, make these women get breast implants, and the breast implants are just full of cocaine. And so Cinderella Pooh and uh, the, the the martial arts and it, it's got the uh, let's see uh, David uh, David Dukes is like the main guy uh, that's her partner mm-hmm. and uh, Professor Toro Toru Tanaka if you're a wrestling fan is in it and uh, he's pretty good in it but it's it's just unbelievable the best part was because um, one of our friends on. Uh, Facebook was actually watching it at the when I posted. He goes, "You're watching this too? It's fucking great." <laughs> well, I want to see the uncut version now because um, apparently it, it it has some uh, uh, titillating stuff in it. Like um, uh, Checkers Goldberg is always not or is from from what I could tell doesn't wear a bra a lot. Right. So on this, they must have um, they must have thought that when you have a woman has a shirt on, if she doesn't have a bra, that they shouldn't show it because she had this great big blurry spot over her chest, like for a good part of the movie. Oh. Well, then I watched a clip of it that I found on YouTube, and I know why because she has some fairly nice knockers, and uh, and uh, you could see the nipples big time. They, this is not done with the nipples, which made it even funnier. Um, let's see. The next movie I watched was High Plains Drifter with um, Clint Howard, something or other. Uh, this movie's just fucking. It's just. It's great. It's so <laughs> eerie and weird, and um, like I when when the hero rapes a woman, like in the first fucking like five minutes of a movie you know kills like five guys you know and and then just grabs some chick off the street and goes and rapes her you know hey man i liked it uh and it had a lot it had some whipping in it i like whips um uh, (laughs) let's see what else (laughs) had uh julia what the fuck's her name um uh oh the one that um was in uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. I can remember it. Juliet Lewis. Juliet Lewis's dad. Uh, dad is in it. He was like uh, Clint's uh, sidekick uh, when he was Philo Beto, and uh, he's in this, and he plays the bad guy. And they, there's just a lot of really skeezy, sleazy people in it. And you have a you have a midget, uh, and it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Next movie I watched was Geronimo with Chuck Connors and. Uh, I like this movie. It's an old movie. Was but, he wearing uh, a Dodgers hat? No, and he wasn't getting a blowjob from a sailor either. <laughs> uh, the, I'll never look at Chuck Connors. I loved. I thought Chuck Connors was so cool because he was, you know, he played. He was a professional baseball player and a professional basketball player. Um, he, um, you know, is this great big guy you know, back in the 
fifties and sixties, you know, they like these actors to be like six, at least six feet tall. And he was like six foot three or four or something like that. Big guy, big square draw, uh, like Zadar. Um, but then I thought, found this videotape at um, Chick's Bargain Center, which had a video store that had porno movies. Mm-hmm. And you went through these like um, swinging um, saloon doors to go in the room. All where video the, stores always fucking had saloon doors. They had the, the saloon doors. And so you go in there where the porn was. Well, they had a, 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 a VHS called... Um, I think it was actually... We're the saloon doors of podcasting. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Open up and come in. You need a fucking saloon door to walk through to get to listen to us. (laughs) Well, and the worst part about the saloon doors were they fucking, like... uh, Now, this place was kind of a dump. So, I mean, it wasn't like you really give a shit. Well, no. Actually, the saloon doors at this place, you know, you went in, whatever. But what I was thinking, I was thinking of something else. Um, At this place, it was called Video World. It was right by my apartment. They were basically almost like a blockbuster or something like that. Uh, they were a chain, a local chain, but there was three or four of them around here in different cities. And um, so they, it was a real nice place, real big, had all the movies in there. Well, they had the pornos on like these big uh, – like when you go to Walmart and where the posters are, how they have the posters on these yeah. um, big things and you just like a big book. Yep. And you open them up. Well, they had all the pornos. They didn't have a room. They had them out on the end of this end cap in one of those things. But it was the squeakiest son of a bitch on the planet Earth. <laughs> so so everybody could, would just turn around and look at you. It's like yes! if, if it wasn't well, that, no. it was the saloon doors where you everybody like would stop because the door would just be <laughs> swinging. <laughs> like, oh, that guy, I know where he went. Hey, I don't know if they were staring at you, but it sure made him <laughs> feel like they were. Uh, so anyway, at, Ch- at Chick's Bargain Center, they had a movie called um, Hollywood Sex Scandals, a VHS. And I got it. And um, so I'm watching it, and it shows like some Marilyn Monroe naked. She did like maybe some film, little like, real grainy, black and white, or whatever, loop or whatever, uh, where she's posing naked. They had one that was supposedly, it was real grainy and black and white of Barbara Streisand when she was like, you could tell she was like really super young, sucking some guy's dick. <laughs> Stallone <laughs> in that uh, Italian stallion or whatever they called yeah. it. You know, really low budget, cheapy movie. Uh, but then they showed this movie and it was like a, um, a sailor and a Marine or a, a, a army guy, soldiers. They looked then they were, and it was one of those ones that, um, it must've been shot on like eight millimeter or something like that. So when they're walking, they almost look like two, two, uh, Ken dolls. Cause they walk funny because the, the film is real kind of like speeded up a little bit. It's not, and they're walking down the street and they go behind these bushes. And the next thing you know, the sailor, uh, the one guy's laying on his back and this, and the sailor's like sucking his dick. And you know, if you've ever seen Chuck Connors, there's not a lot of people that look like <laughs> Chuck Connors in the world. And he was laying there and apparently he was gay for pay back then. And, uh, he was, uh, getting, he was, he was a, um, a, uh, a pitcher, not a catcher. So some guys think that they're not gay if they, if they are just on their, or, uh, that's the case, right? I mean, then him, well, you know, when you're in jail. Okay. Anyway, moving along. So, so anyway, I, I, I can't think of the Rifleman uh, the same way ever since then. <laughs> but Geronimo was pretty good, and it was kind of cool because, you know, Geronimo was you know, not – and the real-life Geronimo was not like a really big guy, but here's Geronimo. is like six foot six or something like that. But uh, the next one, uh, I don't know why I watched this, but it had a hell of a cast. It was called Hard Rain. 
mm-hmm. with uh, Christian Slater, who fell off the planet fucking Earth. Um, Where the fuck is that guy? This is when he was pretty big because he did this one and he did that. Uh, wasn't it John Woo, the one he did with Travolta? Yeah, the uh, Broken Arrow. Yeah, Broken Arrow. <laughs> he was pretty big at this time. And it had a hell of a cast. It had Morgan Freeman, uh, Randy Quaid, Mini Driver. True Romance. What happened to this guy? I mean, he's been in stuff, but fucking well, I haven't heard of any of it. He's got he, fucking like 12 completed projects right now between 2011 and 2012. I remember I th- I, that he, if I remember correctly, I think he had a problem uh, with some substance abuse or something like that at one time. And uh, oh, he's he, in that TV show, that fucking that show that yeah. was on NBC for a little while. Okay, yeah, and it, it got canceled. But yeah. um, he um, he wasn't he, uh, he. The knock on him was that he was always doing a Jack Nicholson impersonation. <laughs> yeah. he, he, you know, this movie, the the. the um, the one thing I thought of when I was watching this movie the most was, oh, my God, I bet you these people wish they wouldn't have fucking signed up for this movie. Because, first of all, it, it was amazing. The whole movie took place during, like, a torrential downpour and a flood. <laughs> so, like, this entire town that they're in um, is, you know, at first they're, like, almost, like, chest deep in water, and it's like that almost the entire movie. They're wet the entire fucking movie. And then I was thinking the entire time I watched it was, like, what a set. I mean, here's, they they had to make, like, this whole town almost, like, and flood it. Yeah. And they're riding sea-doos and, you know, in boats and stuff, and, uh, you know, guys trying to, uh, he's an uh, armor, him and Ed Asner were armored car drivers, and uh, they had like three million dollars or something like that, and um, then when this big flood comes, uh, these guys decide they're going to steal it. Randy Quaid was really good in this uh, as the sheriff. Uh, Mini Driver, what do you think of her? Hot. I okay. don't know about now. I, I, this uh, at least like gross point blank era Mini Driver. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm good with that. I liked her in Goodwill Hunting too. She she's kind of sexy in her own. Little way. That was the one I saw. No, wait, I saw something recently, and she's still cute. Um, that uh, that movie with, oh god damn it, it's new. It's another. It's the guy from Win Win. I, I, I I'm totally blanking on names, but Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti movie, where it's kind of like a. It takes. It's like little slices of his life over many years, mm-hmm. and at once in one part he's married to Minnie Driver. Ah. God, what was the name? It wasn't a very good movie. It was okay, but. Um, it's out now, or it's already yeah. Out? It came out last year, I think. So okay. it's, a, it's a relative. It might have been this year. Okay, it, it's a relatively new movie, 2010, 2011, probably. So, I was gonna say it's not like the one about Harvey Pekar, is it? No, no, no. I I love that movie, American Splendor. That was um, good. Paul. Yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll look. Oh, it anyway. up. I'll tell you the name of it. Uh, I watched. Uh, well, now we're getting into just some some stuff. Barney's version. <laughs> <laughs> I think Barney's version. I think it was actually nominated for. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard it. Yeah, I remember yeah. hearing about that now. Dustin Hoffman. That's one I'm going to have to add to my queue. It was okay. It wasn't a great movie, but Minnie Driver's. Yeah, she's still cute. I like when Giamatti kind of plays that kind of role, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's like I said, he's he doesn't need to be in anything where he's not playing a schlub or an everyman kind of guy, because uh, he is a schlub. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a schlub too, so I know. <laughs> Um, I'm actually reading a book uh, about Che uh, uh, Guevara uh, called Che. 
by John Lee Anderson. Um, since all this uh, commie pinko protesting's going on, I figured I'd read a big giant commie pinko book. And it's generally, uh, I did a, uh, one of the reasons, uh, if anybody goes to our Silva and Gold Facebook page, um, one of the reasons I posted, do you read in the bathroom while you're taking a shit or in the bathtub or until your legs fall asleep or no, I don't or whatever, is because um, this book is in my bathroom and I generally go through these books while I am in the bathroom, either soaking in the bathtub or taking a dump. So anyway, I just want <laughs> if anybody wondered why I did that, I watched the movie Rumblefish. Uh, this is um, Francis Ford Coppola. Um, it's kind of like a, a little bit more of a grown-up uh, outsiders movie. Has a lot of people in it. Um, Matt Dillon is the is the lead, mm-hmm. and then it's got Ellen Aim in it. Um, Diana well, uh, Lane. Um, uh, Nicholas Cage is in it, Christopher Penn, uh, Mickey Rourke, William Smith, uh, I said Nicholas Cage, didn't I? Larry Fishburne, uh, Tom Waits is in it. It's got a sh- fucking hell of a cast. And it's really kind of where Dennis Hopper is in it. He has a really big part. He's uh, Mickey Rourke, Matt Dillon's dad, who is a drunk. <laughs> Imagine that. Anyway, but it's. I saw one this week with him, too, where he was not a drunk at all. Really? And it was at a time where he was most definitely a drunk. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> what was it called? Do you remember? Yeah, I'll, I'll get to it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it's on your list then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm still talking about mine. I we're, remember. We're fucking 45 minutes in already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, just watched some wrestling stuff. I watched a, um, a um, shoot interview with this guy, Dennis Hall. Uh, my friend Scott Teal actually did the shoot interview. And uh, it's, it's uh, really good. He goes way back, like to the 50s. And he's pretty funny. He's one of the, some of these guys shoot interviews. Uh, it's hit or miss whether the guy has like is you want to sit there and listen to a guy talk for a couple hours. Yeah. He's he's entertaining. He knows how to tell a story and he's funny. Uh, Stan Hansen, I watched his shoot interview because I'm reading, which is from RF Video, which uh, I have mixed emotions about them because of uh, Rob Feinstein being on uh, To Catch a Predator, uh, <laughs> the guy who owns the company. Yeah, um, they actually fucking caught him walking uh, up to a house and talking had the transcripts you can go online and read them what he said to us what he thought was like a 13 year old boy uh but it's a good shooter interview and i'm reading my friend scott wrote a book about stan hansen which i'm actually reading that too i read a lot and i'm not reading that while i'm taking a shit i actually have that in my backpack and read it at work um i picked up gold bricken uh only on my breaks another anyway. loser listener gold bricken <laughs> um just um a couple of things that I picked up, uh, just to add to it, because my list was short, and I thought it was short, so I added all this stuff. But then it's I not short at all. That short. Yeah, uh, I picked up Ip Man uh, at uh, Walmart. Cool. I haven't got a chance to watch it yet because you told me it was really good. And a lot yeah. of people said it was really good, so I want to watch that. Probably watch it this weekend. Uh, I picked up Social Network for ten dollars, really and uh, which I thought was really good. And uh, I got some mixed reviews on buying this. Uh, I, I picked up the. Uh, uh, Blade movie. It's like a four movie in one deal. I love uh, those four movie packs. Yeah, and it's ten bucks. I mean, somebody yeah. said, "Oh, you paid too much for it." Well, fuck it, you know. I, whatever. I like Wesley Snipes. Uh, two things I wanted to add, and this is a wrestling things for all the wrestling fans out there. I just read right before we went on air. I guess Barry Windham must have had either a stroke or a massive heart attack. Uh, I guess Mike Rotundo 
uh, he's his brother-in-law, went to his house and found him uh, pretty much unconscious. They think he laid there almost all day, couldn't move. So uh, don't know what's going on there. Uh, and I'm, you know, I thought he was checking. a fucking healthy one too, man. Uh, he kind of he married a rich woman, and I think he got up to like three hundred pounds. But yeah, he was I knew like he was big, six but... foot. You know, uh, he could carry it. He was a really big, tall guy. Uh, and uh, for your older older wrestling fans, uh, Killer Carl Cox. I guess he had a uh, a really bad heart attack, and he's kind of it, it. They they are saying it doesn't look really good, and he's but he's you know I I don't mean to make light of it or anything because I I grew up watching him. Um, Barry Windham seems, you know, he's more of a younger guy for, you know, our younger generation stuff. He's still not, not, I mean, he, he even said, you know, he goes, I have people come up to me and say, man, I used to watch you when I was, when I was just a kid. And he goes, you know, but what they don't understand was when I was wrestling, I was just a kid. He said he started when he was like, you know, 16 or 18 years old or something yeah. like that. Uh, but so it's the Barry Windham thing was kind of a surprise. And like I said, the, the prognosis from what I read or what I heard was uh, killer Carl Cox. They said it's, it was really bad. And so anyway, we'll send our thoughts and prayers, even though I'm an atheist, I'll send my uh, best wishes to both yeah. of their families and stuff. Anyway. So I went long there. Sorry. That's uh, cool. That's cool. Let's, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be quick then. Uh, let's do some, I, uh, you don't have to be quick. I can, I can abridge because some some of mine are, are related. So, um, I, I finished up uh, the uh, Michael Mann movie Thief, James Conn, and it was very good. Very I like good. James Conn is plays a great fucking hothead. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Belushi was very chubby in the movie. Yeah. Um, Tuesday Weld was very cute. Willie I love Mouse. how they did the, um, the like the whole um, showing them how uh, the craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was re- yeah, it was really good. I love the um and like I I have complained about I guess modern day Michael Mann. So mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe he's maybe I need to go back and revisit or I don't know if he's changed his style a lot, but mm-hmm. fucking that Johnny Depp movie was the most boring shit I'd watched in years when Which I Which one was that? Johnny Depp. The The one about uh Oh, uh the 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 Dillinger? Mo- yeah, 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 Dillinger one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Christian Bale. God, that movie was boring. Um, I also liked uh, one one of my favorite scenes in that was when uh, him and Tuesday Weld are sitting in the uh, like diner. Yeah, and he tells her about his whole experience, like being in prison, mm-hmm. and pulls out the the picture, and it's almost like it, how he could like disassociate. He went into this mode where like nothing matters. Oh, he you went know, I don't give a fuck mode, about yes. yeah. I don't give a fuck about me. I don't give a fuck about anything. And I also liked, and this was really weird. Uh, one, the first time I watched it, I I like dozed off because mm-hmm. I mean I was watching it at night one time, and I dreamt. I was like, I dreamt. I thought I dreamt that Willie Nelson was in this movie. And then I and then when I watched, I was like, wait a minute, I wasn't dreaming. I must have heard. But the 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 stuff where he goes and visits Willie Nelson in the prison. Yeah, I thought I really liked that. And the bad guys were really good too. Willie Nelson was so like you felt I felt really sorry for him, but it was a weird yeah. role for like why did they need Willie Nelson for Yeah, it's I don't always, know. It's always weird when like somebody that's like super famous for especially for something else shows up in a movie in a in a role like this. Like Yeah, a like, lot of times when they th- do that it, it it kinda takes you out of the takes you out of it. Yeah. But but now I mean, you know, actually Willie Nelson's a pretty good actor. I've seen yeah. him in, in some different stuff. But um, you know, he wasn't he was like I said it really wasn't bad or anything. No, it wasn't bad at all. It's just a weird thing for I mean, he, that could have been anybody. It didn't have to be Willie Nelson, or, you know, or it, it, didn't, then, it uh, didn't have to be a name at all. 
The last show that we did, I mentioned, and I cannot even remember what movie it was, a guy, and I said, you know, he was in uh, Midnight Run, and he was the guy, I'll take a fucking pencil sticker. It was Dennis Farina, mm-hmm. and uh, he, the, his first movie was Thief. He oh, played okay. the guy there. At, uh, he was one of the henchmen. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, so, yeah I, thought that, I thought it was really good, so. Um, I watched an Alex Michael Cox Man movie. rules. <laughs> another another Alex Cox movie, uh, Straight to Hell. Well, I watched Straight to Hell Returns, which hmm. Straight to Hell was done in '87 or so. And what happened? He just got a bunch of like musician friends right. together, and they were going to do a benefit concert in Nicaragua, but then they couldn't get the money for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they just took the money they had raised so far and went to Spain and fucking partied and shot a movie in two weeks. <laughs> and it's a it's it's not a very good movie. Him and Dick Rude wrote it, and they they were probably drunk or high or both. Um, right. But like Elvis Costello's in this movie. Courtney Love is in this movie. And Alex Cox says he likes Courtney Love's acting. She's fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, Cy Richardson is in it. And I have <laughs> to believe that fucking Quentin Tarantino got the Jules character from Pulp Fiction from this character that Cy Richardson plays. Mm-hmm. Um, he wears a fucking black suit with a skinny black tie, white shirt, and like the long like slick back hair. I mean, it, it, it looks like Samuel L. Jackson. Um, well, one of our friends posed the question to me um, that uh, one of our friends on Facebook um, that Quentin Tarantino stole a lot of shit from Repo Man, yeah, like opening talking, the trunk. It, and, it must have been Tim because I was yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, yeah, this yeah. morning. Um, yeah. I, there's no doubt that Alex Cox is a big influence on Tarantino because mm-hmm. I'd say I'd say you know Alex Cox's early stuff, Repo Man, I like. Mm-hmm. Sid and Nancy's good. The other two ones that I've seen now, they're not great movies, but there's something just very, very, very interesting about them. I love the character work he does, and it always seems like there's something going on in the background of his movies, too. Like, there's some kind of, like, message always in there, and I, I, it really feels like this weird, like, I guess it's, a, it's like bank robbers hiding out in this weird, dusty Mexican town, mm-hmm. and it really feels like a Nicaragua type Nicaragua type story. I mean, there's right. a fucking there's a violent priest, like that could totally be saying something. There's like you know the the established gang. There's right, and that was what was going on then. Is all the well, I always kind of wanted to see it because um, uh, even though I've heard it sucked, was uh, was because I'm a big Joe Strummer fan. Yeah, he's good. And and uh, I seen the some of the posters and stuff like that. I do. Ha- I, I I don't mean to interrupt you, but I have some uh, breaking news here. Uh, and I won't say who said this, but uh, someone told me to tell you that Nina Hartley has her own fast food chain, Arby's, <laughs> and we'll just let that we'll just let that go. That's a little inside joke. Uh, now, what's your favorite sandwich from that chain? Is would it be roast beef or roast beef and cheddar? Oh, I like the cheddar. <laughs> so basically, uh, Alex Cox went back on his movie. Um, I think he he may have added some scenes in, but uh, mainly he. Um, since they didn't really have much of a budget, he went in and added some CGI violence, um, which actually ends up looking really good. You don't really see it, but like basically it's just gunshot wounds. Um, yeah. Like somebody will get shot in the face. Instead of just falling over, you'll actually see their like fucking head explode a little bit. Nice. Um, and it looks good. I mean, it did, they did a good job. It wasn't like blatant. It's not filling the screen or anything. So, um, so it's kind of a re-release of that movie. Um, we have uh, the distributors actually contacted me at the theater and, suggested we show like straight to hell returns with mm. um with uh highway patrolman which is the other one that i mentioned a few weeks ago um i think that would be good and they both on, they're both on 35 from this distributor so maybe i should so it's a shame that he isn't uh 
producing more and doing like, you know, I I don't want to say working for a major studio, but I mean, maybe working for a major studio where he has complete control. Yeah. You know, it's, because it's, the guy's talented and he has a, good it's ideas. It's a bizarre movie. It's it's not. I mean, it's not really good at all. But um, it's some of the humor misses me. I think uh, like instead of drug addicts, they have coffee addicts because just because they thought it would be funny. Well, um, goddamn with the Starbucks shit today and you drinking these fucking lattes with fucking whole milk in them. <laughs> oh god, I'm such a fat. That's why it went over your head. Maybe yeah. you're an addict. Well, the um, and the and like there's no profanity in the movie. Like they say stuff oh. like what they say what the heck and like it's uh, it's blatant lack of and it was on purpose to be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they're well. they're like G Willikers kind of kind of profanity. It's really funny. Um, so yeah, um, that one's okay. Uh, I'll rewatch Tree of Life on Blu-ray. Uh, it's still—I don't even have a 1080 TV, and it still looked beautiful. What do you um, think of? Di- I, I haven't seen it, it's but all I keep hearing oh, about is how weird the dinosaur thing is. Is what do you think? Of, I mean, was it? Is it's, it? Uh, I could. People are going to take this movie as being very uh, pretentious, and I guess it is because it's, it gives this really broad, stroked like view of life. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes this tiny little Texas. 50s, 60s life, like family life, and kind of compares it to the cosmos. And I know that sounds like a stretch. It makes sense in the movie, but it's like, you know, it, it's really from, it seems from the most part from the uh, perspective of a, of a child. And things seem that big and tying them, tying them all together in your, like making your place in the universe. I mean, it's, it's not a popcorn flick at all. Um, but it's it's gorgeous to look at, and it's very you know very sparse in dialogue, and I love mm-hmm. it. But it's not for everybody, definitely. Is it uh, Academy Award bait or uh, worthy? Cinematography probably and stuff like that. Cinematography, yes. Best picture, probably not, because I don't know. Best picture seems like a, a story that's it has to be story driven, right? Or or at least very very strong. Like Forrest driven. Gump, or and this, yeah. And this is neither. It doesn't really have a story. <laughs> And it doesn't really, I mean, it doesn't rely on any major acting. I mean, Sean Penn is just, he hardly even speaks in the movie. I didn't even know he was in it. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 I did. Him and uh, Pitt, Brad Pitt. And, uh, I guess Brad Pretty Pitt boy. is really good. But yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It, 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 it doesn't require any strong acting. It doesn't, I mean, it requires very, um, very, I guess, under like underrated acting, I guess. Right. Like, like low key. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, I, I love it, but like I said, it's not for everybody. Um, I bought the Texas Chainsaw Massacre two at the Walmart. I like is nice this the uh, one with Dennis Hopper? The one with Dennis Hopper, yes. I have uh, never seen that. Oh, uh, you have? Uh, it's it's it's. Is that the one you were talking about where he's not an alcoholic? Actually, he was in. I, t- I forgot to mention it completely. He was in the Alex Cox movie. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Straight to Hell, and he plays this like arms dealer, and he just comes in and fucking uh, Grace Jones is his wife or girlfriend or something. Oh my God. Oh my God. This movie sounds insane. <laughs> and he's just, he just comes in and basically gives guns to everybody and then leaves. He's in the movie for like five minutes. The only thing even more insane than that is the fact that Dolph Lundgren used to date Grace Jones and they did like a nude spread. I can't remember if it was for Playboy or what. Oh, I mean, how? you know, I know I've, I've stated on several occasions that, you know, about Dolph wanting to see Dolph Lundgren, yeah. old Dolph have sex with young girls not young girls, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Young Hollywood starlets who are of age. Yeah. Uh, I don't ever even want to think about Grace Jones having sex with anybody. Uh, she is so fucking gross. Uh, um, to, to, and I, I am O. Right, right. 
Right. Well, he uh, <laughs> Dennis Hopper was easily the cleanest person in Straight to Hell. And what like do you he, want to bet when behind the scenes he wasn't the cleanest? <laughs> I don't think he stuck around for very long because I, Alex Cox on his website always looks like he has interviews for all of his movies, and he said that like the question was posed like what it was it like working with Dennis Hopper, and basically Dennis Hopper just showed up in Spain, got his paycheck, did his scene, and left. Like didn't really home. So anyway, yeah, back Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. I mean, he was pretty clean in 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 this too. Um, I mean, he didn't seem. You know, this is the same. This is right around the same time as fucking the other movie we did, the Harry Hamlin one, the King of the Mountain. And he was a fucking. He looked like he was a wreck in that one. Yeah. But he was a wreck. He was a wreck uh, in real life. I mean, of course. Yeah, yeah. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, for sure. Um, <laughs> I'm not farting. I'm stretching. By the way, <laughs> I, I listen to some of our shows, and I'll be going like that. And I know people probably think I'm trying to fart and be funny, but I'm stretching. Um, this is like it's, it's 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 like a horror comedy basically. I mean, it's yeah. fucking, like t- you know chainsaw fights and stuff like that. But I like it. I saw it when I was a kid. I saw this well before I ever saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So <laughs> this is what I thought Texas Chainsaw Massacre was for the longest. Um, and I love the Breakfast Club like parody poster and um, it's it's fun. Um, yeah, and you can pick that up for five bucks at the Walmart. It's got somebody's commentary on it. I guess I need to go get that then. I have a Toby Hooper, but. Um, so these are the ones I can power through here. I watched uh, also at the Walmart bought a thirteen dollars set of four movies: Friday the Thirteenth, one through four. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't like horror movies? I okay. I don't like horror movies, but discovered this week I'm very loyal to the ones that I do like. Uh, right. I grew up with Friday the Thirteenth. You know all the '80s stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I like some of the '70s stuff, uh, but the um, you know these are just fun. They're they're dumb. Yeah, they're, movies, to me they're more. Yeah, the movies like that. I'm I'm kind of like with you on that. They're more fun than they are like you know scary or whatever. Right. It's more like a, it's almost more like a, you're watching kind of like an action movie. I don't know. I don't know how to put it because I mean it's so like a lot of the stuff so cliche. The yeah. two people fucking and the guy kills them or or the girls the ones that are the big whores or the you know <laughs> the biggest assholes and it's it's fun watching it like that. Yeah. I'm not. I'm just not down with this. this I don't know. I, I I I don't know how to. I I'm, I think you and I are kind of the same on this. Like some horror movies that are really done well, that are like classic horror movies. Mm-hmm. I have watched and I like them. It's just weird. It's like I don't find myself seeking horror movies out like yeah, some I'm of our friends way. that watch everything. You know. Yeah. Um. Well, I watched one, two, and three. Um, I had never even seen three in 3D, but they actually the DVD comes with both versions and with 3D glasses, which is pretty pretty cool. Um, the 3D is not the coolest thing in the world, but it was neat being able to actually see this in 3D. Um, it's weird my memories of Friday the 13th. I, the the first one stands out because it's different than the rest. The other ones, it's like there's pieces of them that blend together. Uh, that I know I've seen before, and it's very mm-hmm. nostalgic watching these because they used to come on like they do like a, a marathon on Halloween night or something. So I'd be like twelve years old watching it with commercials and everything. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was cool revisiting those. So um, and then I watched uh, another revisit. I watched uh, Halloween one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Um, Halloween I've seen lots of times. I've never seen three. Is the one about the masks and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've, I've never seen that because I heard people shit on it so much. But then I've heard people say now that if you take it as a standalone movie, 
that and don't even think about Michael Myers or anything like that, that it's a good movie, but that the reason people shit on it was that they thought it was going to be yeah. Michael Myers. They thought it was going to be another slasher, and it's not. It's just like right. a – and I wish they had continued with it. It would have been neat, but like if they continued like this Halloween-themed movie, like you know, every year just fucking make a new movie called Halloween but have mm-hmm. a completely different story. In this movie, Michael Myers exists as a movie. The movie Halloween – is something you see on television a few times. Ah, that's cool. Um, and it's the another Tom Atkins movie. We mm-hmm. <laughs> we had Tom Atkins twice in one week. Yeah. And uh, the um, but yeah, Halloween th- that that one's yeah, it's called the Season of the Witch. And I actually looked up those masks. It looked like a company sold them for a couple mm-hmm. years. I don't know if anybody will ever remake them. They seem pretty neat. So I always think is you know I don't know I I, I can't say I've developed a fetish because I've never done it. Mm-hmm. But uh, one thing that I I, I just like having sex with like different like masks on like a Shatner mask or a Richard Nixon mask or something like that. Have the girl have the mask, have a mask on too. Like she'd be like Lyndon Johnson and you'd be like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, fucking werewolf. (laughs) Uh, I I, I like Halloween the best of the, (laughs) I like Halloween the best of the three. Sliding right off that. The John Carpenter directed one. Um, The second one is more, I guess, has more of an action feel at times, but uh, it was still really good. And Halloween three is just a Halloween movie. It's good. It, you know, you don't need Michael Myers in it. Um, I had a damaged uh, the mission disc, uh, Johnny Toe movie that um, Rick oh, and Will okay. told us to check out. Um, it's uh, they said it was a prequel to Exiled. What it seems like it more so, I think it because the character names I believe are different. Just has the same people, doesn't it? Yeah, the same actors, and a, it has a very similar situation that pops up, where the where the where Exiled starts is kind of like a big plot point mm-hmm. of this one. Um, Anthony Wong has one of the worst fucking haircuts in the world in this movie, and this little child, this like child molester mustache, it's really bad. He's a he's a hairdresser, um, but he's like the coldest character in the movie. It's pretty cool. Um, good, 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 good movie. I, l- I liked it a lot. Um, the DVD for it is just really bad. Uh, they had to send me a new one from Netflix, so I finished watching that this morning. Um, the D- it's just a really shitty print of it, and it's like one of those things. It's like letterbox, so it's made for a full screen TV, mm. but fucking with a you know strip of video down the middle, so you can't make it. I can't stretch it out to my <laughs> widescreen TV without yeah. missing the subtitle. So. Uh, let's see. Oh, and I watched uh, I watched that little Scott Hall thing. I posted it on the Facebook group. It's a twenty minute um, uh, ESPN three sixty documentary about Scott Hall and that guy. Man, talking about being sad for wrestlers. That guy's fucking just falling apart, and it, he just looks terrible. Um, it's worth checking out. That it's it's only like like I said, it's twenty minutes long. Maybe I think it's like eighteen. Um, if you like wrestling at all, go on our Facebook group and and look for that. It's it's you, you can watch it real quick. Um, were you gonna say something? Uh, it's just uh, one one thing um, uh, when you were talking about <laughs> watching some like movie on TV or whatever. It's weird. I have found that I almost if I if I'm watching like a TV show on in demand, uh, the the commercials really annoy me because the TV shows you know usually if it's an hour long you yeah. know with all the commercials and everything if you cut them out. But watching movies now, I almost like watching movies on TV where there's commercials <laughs> because. I know you can always hit pause if you're watching a DVD or whatever, but it, it's you can just do that anytime you want. And like yeah. if I want to run in here and get on Facebook or something, I find myself doing that or whatever. When you have the the actual commercial in the movie, it's like okay, you don't have a choice. 
Mm-hmm. So you you it gives you okay. I've got two minutes and two seconds to go take a shit, or I've got two minutes <laughs> and two seconds to go in and get something to eat, and you get these little breaks in between because I I think we're so our attention spans are so short these days, or because of conditioning. But I, there's times where I'll watch a fucking movie on a DVD and I'm like, oh my fucking. And there's nothing worse than watching it on, was it the v, VCL player? VLC, yeah. Or, or VLC, uh, where you can see the timer down in the corner. <laughs> no matter how good the fucking movie is, I'll, I'll keep glancing down and I'll think, it's like when you're at work and you're watching the clock and it yeah, makes it yeah. go slower. So I just wanted to add that for no it, reason. It, you know, it's weird. Watching movies on television has a nostalgic feel for me, too. Because, yeah, I, yeah. like I said, like I was saying last week, I didn't have cable until I was a fucking teenager. Mm-hmm. So it's like I didn't get to watch. I mean, I watched VHS stuff, but mm-hmm. most of the movie watching I did was like fucking, you know, Kung Fu Theater on Saturday afternoon. Well, it's like that movie, uh, um, uh, Catch the Heat. Like I said, one of the funny parts of it was that she had this big blurry big yeah. <laughs> blurry thing on her tits like a big like almost like a football and then when i saw some of the clips on youtube that weren't cut and they had the swearing and some of the stuff like that i was like oh my so you watch it one time and it's funny watching some of the censorship yeah. things where they put in other words which yep. is hilarious and then you finally go see the other one so yeah there's there's good and bad and everything alex cox talked about that with uh, repo man because he got to oversee their tv edit of repo man mm-hmm. and you know there was some serious profanity in that one oh he yeah, said yeah how fun it was coming up with <laughs> weird al- thing. the alternate things to say with mm-hmm. to dub over the t- the curse words and like they had a good kick out of that but he said you know most of the time when that happens the studio does it it's not the director does not get a hand in doing right. the edit so he said he actually didn't mind doing it because he got to touch it um, i um because i'm a, a fucking liberal communist um i listen to best of the left and apparently there is i haven't seen i've only seen or heard the ones that they did on the show where the best of the left, they just have clips from like Oberman or Rachel Maddow or Sam Cedar or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there must be something out called uh, bad lip reading. Oh, uh, there's a website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they watch like these political debates and stuff like that or whatever. And they have a guy who's a bad lip reader. And some <laughs> of the shit they come up with is fucking hilarious because I guess they, it, it almost syncs up with what they're saying and they show the video and you know, so it kind of loses it on the, when I was listening to the podcast because you can't see him actually doing it. But right. I guess it actually looks like they're really saying all this ridiculous shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, we went about an hour. Well, I'm not, I'm not quite done yet. <laughs> oh, you motherfucker! This morning, I read boxed a couple last night. Um, uh, I got uh, Beach Rhymes in Life, which I didn't get a chance to watch yet. The uh, Tribe Called What's Quest that? documentary. Um, yep, I'm going to watch it? a documentary. What's that? What's What's it's it called? called? Be- Beach Rhymes in Life. Um, what's it about? It's it's about Tribe Called Quest. What's that? The hip hop group from oh. I guess the start of the nineties. It's a it's supposed to be pretty good. We had it at the theater for a couple of weeks, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. So it's, it's weird with with stuff like that. Um, I don't. I've never been like a fan of hip hop. So when when you said that, I was like, hey, but um, uh, but then I'll see a documentary like on VH1. You know, mm-hmm. behind the scenes with about like uh, Biggie Smalls and Tupac or something like that. My dad fucking knows about biggie smalls and two <laughs> because and he's like goddamn shit but he we were sitting there talking one time and he said something about my sister started talking about that and he was like he knew everything about it wow because he watched because it was a good documentary yeah the, the what i worry though um i know that the guys from tribe called quest which I, I really like them but i know they just fucking hate each other now and I, yeah. I feel like it's going to be my whole thing with the music documentaries again when I watch it. Like it's just going to like ah, just fucking ruin. All about it. the love, peace, and yeah. love. I want I want them to love each other. 
like we do on on pod, our podcasting community. Well, the <laughs> The other uh, other red boxer I got was uh, Attack the Block. Um, <laughs> I was worried when this movie started because the main characters are kind of thuggy, um, and I was like, "How am I going to fucking get behind these assholes?" But I really like where it took it. The movie's really good. Um, uh, I know Will said it was probably in his top ten. I think Rick said that too. It's not. Uh, I mean, it might be that for me because I haven't seen a ton of movies in 2011. I didn't love it, but I thought it was really good. I mean, it's definitely worth yeah. checking out. Um, I'll have to. I'll have to watch that. Kind of an alien invasion movie, but done like yeah. you know with well. Uh, what's that? D- yeah, done, done well. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you don't see spaceships and shit like that. It's just, it's good. It's good. Um, and then I got one more. Hang on, this needs music. You watched fucking drive. I watched a movie. Hang on. <laughs> I watched a movie. Oh wait, you know what? I've got, I've got, a, I've got a better song. Hang on. I watched a movie. It was a documentary. Oh. It's about Rob Lowe. About Rob Lowe. Did you fucking watch that? About Demi Moore. See, before they were actors, they were in advertising and restaurant sales. They lived in Uh. Chicago. (laughs) And they had a nice whirlwind romance. I'm talking about about last night from 1986. Oh, redhead, you did the redhead. Uh, this is the other uh, double up I watched this week because it was another James Belushi movie, and he was a lot skinnier in this movie than he was in Thief. David Mamet. Um, this is a good movie. I liked it. I I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'd seen it before. Um, and, and for those of you not in the know, which is everybody. Uh, this was Zom's surprise birthday gift to me. It showed up in the mail a few days ago, and I decided to keep it secret. I usually post what I'm watching, but I kept this one a little secret. Um, so we're playing a little Sheena Easton now in, in, uh, for it. But, um, yeah, this is a good movie. I liked it. Uh, I'm, a sucker, I'm a sucker for 80s, like, dramedies, I guess. I love that well, kind of stuff, especially the teenage ones, like the John Hughes stuff. But What were you going to say? Okay, I have two, two things. Okay. First of all, um, one of, one of the reasons that this is a favorite <laughs> is because, like I said, my sister really liked this movie, so we watched it. But we made fun of like, I don't know if Rob Lowe was that bad or if it was Mammoth's, you know, because he has that kind of weird, quirky kind mm-hmm. of writing. But it's like not the redhead, and you know, and some <laughs> of this, just some of the shit. But um, my whole theory of this movie was. And you know how you like like uh, the Hollywood feel good ending. They had the Hollywood feel good ending. I mm-hmm. hope I'm spoiling that for anybody. But I thought so much that Belushi and the the uptight the chick were going to get together. Yes. To me, if they would have got together and Demi Moore and Rob Lowe wouldn't have, it would have been fucking great because okay. it was almost like the opposite. It was almost like the doth thou doth protest too much kind yeah, of a yeah. deal. Where he would kind of hit on her, and and they had one scene where, toward the end, where they kind of were in the bar and they looked at each other and like, hey, you know, and you thought, okay, they're gonna. Hit. I thought I they missed out on that Perkins. so much. I could not remember where I fucking That's... knew her from. She was in Big. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was cute. Um, sort of. I'm fucking turning you to Rob Lowe. <laughs> so yes, I watched a Rob Lowe documentary. I had no idea that he sold restaurant supplies before he was. Yeah, there. yeah. What the what the fuck was that restaurant called? I can't remember now. The Swallow. 
<laughs> and and uh, what uh, Desenza uh, was the uh, was was his boss. And he goes, <laughs> "You dropped that fucking turd." And then when he had to come crawling back to him, he's like, "Pass me, ah, come on, you know." He was such a sleazy fucking oh, ass man. boss. And I, the, I, I liked, I liked, you know, my favorite part of this was actually Belushi. Uh, I liked, yeah. He was just, he no, just, she ain't wearing no underpants. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That was fun. I liked it. it so. Fun. Happy birthday, uh, motherfucker. Thank you very much. All right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hour 15, I think, almost we've gone talking about yes. what we've been watching. So okay, we, we shot the shit, too. So that'll take up some, we'll, we'll make it up somewhere. Maybe. We'll go through yeah. these We're movies in like 10 minutes. Four hour fucking show. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's take a break. Let's do. Do you have a preference? I don't care. Let's do Silent Rage first. Good. That's what my notebook's on. All right. We'll be right back. Let's go take a dump. If you're enjoying this podcast, perhaps you'd be interested in GleeCast. You watch your tone, young lady. Hey, we're not forcing you to download the internet's best, or at least most booze-filled podcast about Glee. You want to be me. Who doesn't, Sue? But we know we can't be. Instead, Erica and Emily... Uh, Emily and Erica. What? I just don't know anymore. I'd love to stay in chat, but I got a satellite interview. Sorry, we get off topic a lot. The point is, listen to GleeCast following every new episode of Glee. Plus, our sporadic bonus content on some of the greatest bad cinema that incorporates it's musical theater or sweet dance moves. I'm going to ask you to smell your armpits. The right or the left? That's the smell of failure. Failure smells like dove. Mine has a pleasant lady speed stick scent. Kind of makes me think of candy cane. Your resentment is delicious. Visit gleecast.podomatic.com or search for us in the iTunes store. That's gleecast with a K, part of the palaver.com family. That's P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Boy, the only thing missing from this place is a couple dozen bodies limed and rotting in shallow graves under the floorboards. We're working on that. back a little uh drastic volume change there sorry about that all right uh, so our first movie this week oh there's a little ramones for uh for zom there by the way psycho psycho therapy psycho therapy hopefully our our songs are a little One, two, three, four. halloweeny this week too so I'm a Halloweeny in my pants. Yeah, <laughs> giggity goo. Giggity <laughs> goo. All right, so uh, yeah, 1982, Silent Rage. So I'm gonna let you uh, intro it here. Alrighty. Jesus, this is a long <laughs> Dan Stevens is the sheriff of a small Texas town, who checks out a disturbance which turns to murder. The killer is still in the house, and he tries to kill Dan, but Dan stops him and arrests him. I mean, I'll be honest with you, people. 
there's two synopsi on here and they're both like fucking a paragraph long. So let me just synopsize myself. You got Chuck C. Daddy and he's walking around. He got some blonde hair and he got a cowboy hat on. He's a sheriff. And he's got and a little got, dinky mustache. Yeah, some big, tall, skinny, weird looking motherfucker and he's holed up in this house, staying out and he's freaking out, baby. And then it turns to rage. And then when Dan has to deal with him, Daddy. <laughs> Something happens and he becomes uh, involved in a little bit of his experiment. Come back as a killing machine, baby. All right. So uh, this is my first time seeing this one. I know you had seen it before. Um, I'll, I'll say right off the bat, it was weird to me how this, this movie really felt split in half. And we talked about that before with, uh, with, um, Dust Till Dawn. with Dust Till Dawn. Except this one was split in half and then would hop back and forth between the two halves. Um, I think it could have been a decent movie on either, if that makes sense. Like <laughs> either one extended could have been. <laughs> right, right. So right. Uh, anyway, um, the uh, I, I like the it, it starts off pretty good. Like it starts off definitely like a horror movie. I like the uh, the music. Or sorry, I guess the, <laughs> the, the lack of music. The um, I, I'm, I've been watching too much Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, I like that they didn't have music. Um, this guy is just sweaty as shit. Uh, what was that guy's name again? Brian Libby. Brian Libby. He was just a sweaty mess, and you could tell he's got problems. He's calling his doctor. Uh, there's the psychotherapy I'm thing. Losing it, man. Ron Silver, the asshole from Time Cop. John um, Kirby is uh, Brian Libby. I know. No, he's calling Ron Silver his doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I like how they're just kids running around, just yelling shit over and over. Again. Oh my god! I would have <laughs> fucking, I would have snapped. And that woman is like, <laughs> you can't shut the fuck up. Now, it must she have been like a, a shared-use kind of house. So what were you saying? She she kept yelling at them, you're driving me crazy or something like that. And it's like, yeah, you're driving him fucking crazy. He's like, I'm losing it, man. He must have just been renting a room there or something because he didn't seem to actually be related to any of the people that were in the house with him. Um, but, uh, yeah, those kids running around were really obnoxious. And um, the uh, I, I had just watched Friday the 13th Part 3 right before watching this movie. And um, just I know it's used a lot, but the in probably I don't know where it was done first. I guess the most iconic is probably in The Shining, but the axe to the door, yeah, the, yeah. it just works every time it's ever done because it's especially when the guy is just fucking weird looking, and that guy was weird looking. I mean, it, it always you can always make a hole in the wall, uh, in the door, and you fucking stick your ugly face through, and it's scary and kind of <laughs> full of ten. But and what's what, what's what's interesting? I didn't realize it before, but Jason, at first at least, he wouldn't bust through a door. He would chop a hole in it and then reach through and open the doorknob. I never right. even remembered that. Um, this guy just walks right through the door. Um, yeah, and the the I guess maybe I don't know if Tom Savini did the, all the special effects through three, but the axe axes to the head seemed to be a little more realistic in Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, he gets, you know, it, it does the classic where the guy all you see is the guy's back when he runs in, and it's like pop, and the guy turns around and there's blood on his face. Yeah. Um, so uh, and I was also surprised, uh, unrelated to the axe, I was surpri- surprised to see Flounder as a cop. Flounder, <laughs> yes. Uh, what is that guy's name? Is he? Oh fuck, Stephen uh, First. His name is Flounder, Chad and that Flounder. fucker, and he lost weight, and he looks really weird. He's like one of those guys who was fat ever since you've known who he is, and he lost <laughs> a bunch of weight, and he just looks strange, like the guy from Superbad. Um, stay fat, stay flounder, change your name to flounder. I can't say I've ever seen him in anything besides, uh, besides in, out of the flounder role. 
And but that's just like the the other uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid, where I was talking about the dipshit, uh, goofy or uh, total uh, douchebag um, sidekick. Yeah. And and Chuck, I mean, here's Chuck, who's like so you know his masculinity. I mean, he's so he, the guy must have an ego like you would not believe. He, I don't I, know. You can tell he does. I've seen him like talk in person. I, I went to the Action Festival a couple years mm-hmm. ago, and you could tell. I mean. That guy uh, knows that he has fans, and he know. But right. the whole fucking religious thing that he does now is just really gets on my nerves. He's, he's yeah, yeah, he's gone off the deep end. He's uh, he's like anti-gay and all this <sighs> and that. But it's just like, but you know what? I read the same thing about uh, um, Ron Silver. Um, apparently, he had a show on like CNBC, mm-hmm. and I think they may have been even comparing him to like, or no, they were comparing him to Dennis Miller. Who, uh, when they they weren't getting as much work or something like that, or and they start speaking out with these really you know right wing views and stuff like that, and they get a job. It's just like it's almost like a an acting gig. It makes you money know, these days. Because so. like with Dennis Miller, you know, he he went from being you know liberal to all of a sudden being, and they said Silver was the same way. He was a huge liberal. And then after nine eleven, all of a sudden he he became this big you know right wing advocate for all this shit, and so but I I think he's a good actor. I mean it, most of the stuff he's in he's he's um, he's pretty good. This had a pretty good cast actually. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, the uh, I like I like the way it starts. Like I was saying, there's the the no music makes it pretty brutal. Like um, the it's pretty realistic fight I guess between him and. Uh, and in the, the house, yeah, and even outside, yeah. the um, you know, yeah. they're, they're, you you can tell they're out of breath, they're sweating, like, yeah, and and this guy is just a fucking maniac. Um, the Lib- the Libby character, what was his name in the movie? Uh, um, John John Kirby or John Kirby Kirby Keats was an actor. Yeah, Keats. John yeah, Kirby. Keats is the guy that was in um, uh, Friends of Eddie Coyle. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. That was the young gun seller, and he was Doctor Philip Spires, but. Um, uh, this movie has a definite um, two movies that I thought of. Well, and one one more than anything, I thought it, this is Halloween uh, with uh, except instead of Michael Myers kicking everybody's ass, they threw a curveball in by throwing a guy who knows fucking karate in <laughs> martial arts because it re- really he reminded me once he became this this kind of killing machine guy, he really reminded me of uh, of uh, like a Michael Myers kind of a guy, yeah, and he had. Um... He had that same kind of like uniform colored suit on. I know that Michael yeah. Myers was, th- you know, from a garage, but it's like a big rubber. It was weird. It was like a motorcycle, like a like a very eighties like motorcycle outfit. It had the little like short turtleneck thing, button up collar. I thought it almost kind of reminded me of one of those suits, like when in wrestling, when you'd be like working out. If you wanted to make weight, they'd put you in one of those like rubber <laughs> suits, and you'd run yeah. and skip rope and shit like that until you were like so dehydrated you dropped dead. Uh, the uh... I, don't know I like why. when when Ron Silver, the, the doctor, finally shows up, and this guy is just fucking—he can't be stopped. He's getting hit in the face, and he's strong enough to fucking break handcuffs, and breaks out of this fucking cop car and starts like wailing on people. And and then the doctors like, "Don't shoot!" Like, yeah, he, <laughs> getting yeah, pissed that they're going to shoot. Shotgun. <laughs> don't I mean, shoot! He's, like, what? He's completely insane. He grabs this fucking twelve-gauge uh, shotgun, and he's like, "Don't <laughs> shoot!" Well, what are you going to do? Wait for him to start murdering everybody? You dumb fuck! <laughs> and and just like the movie has kind of two things going on, Chuck's uh, girlfriend in the movie has kind of two things going on because sometimes you look at her and you're like, "Hey, she's kind of cute," and there she is showing her titties, and then other times she gets at a different angle, and you're like, "Whoa, whoa, what happened?" 
Like yeah, she was two faced, and she definitely uh, she was not shy about showing her boobs. And and <laughs> the fucking the the uh, frolicking montage, uh, make making love montage, <laughs> so awkward. Oh uh, yes, I had that. Yeah. And Chuck, like I noticed, like when he's, uh, you know, he's so anti-gay now that it makes me wonder if he's not doesn't have like deep-seated like homosexual tendencies because when he's kissing this woman, it's like totally, uh, I don't buy it. He, yeah. he 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 never opened his mouth, and he just like it was so awkward. It was like he didn't know what to do or yeah, something. Yeah, that that is a uh, Emily uh, would fucking love the uh, love making montage. It's hilariously oh, they bad. They were frolicking in a hammock and frolicking. <laughs> they, ch- they would they constantly show. Ch- I don't even think he took his jeans off to fuck her. Like <laughs> he, he was constantly with no shirt and just his tight ass blue jeans and cowboy boots. So he's laying on the bed and apparently they just made love and uh they have this big tray of cheese and all the stuff at the end of the bed and they're like frolicking laughing and frolicking i posted an old ad somewhere i think it might have been on palaver um the gentleman's guide an old ad of like chuck norris uh brand jeans stretchy crotch jeans (laughs) stretchy crotch jeans exactly you could kick see those used to be in all those karate magazines i was telling you about you know oh yeah and we were so dumb when we were kids we were like yeah you know i want to buy i'm gonna get an order form and see if mom will give me some money so i can buy a pair of chuck stretchy jeans some nunchucks and some uh throwing stars so <laughs> fucking stupid his girlfriend i love she smacked the piss out of him right at the beginning when she yeah apparently they've had some kind of falling out they don't really go into that but i mean she got she gave him a good pop to the gin it was really it was funny his, his and, and really he just kind of like <laughs> yeah. so smug. Uh, he knew he was gonna. He knew how she was because he knew he was gonna. The only, the only one time he, uh, he thought he was gonna get laid and he was gonna screw her. And when he went to pick her up, she was like covered in blood. <laughs> and he was like, you knew he was kind of like pissed off because it wasn't because John Kirby was loose. It was because he was like, God damn it! <laughs> you know? Oh God! I wanted to take my dick out of my tight jeans again. Uh, <laughs> And you get an appearance by uh, Mr. Phantom of the Paradise, William Finley. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything else I've ever seen him in, but I, I definitely recognize <laughs> his googly eyeballs. Um, he plays one of the doctors in this weird, like, science. That was of... the longest syringe I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the end, the the needle of it was like two feet long. Yeah, and they, the, later in the movie, he uh, he gives an injection. I won't say what the the context is, but. He injects sulfuric acid into a person, and it's like, if you're a fucking, like, doctor. Like, why are you going to inject? Like, that's something a fucking serial killer would do. Yeah, like, that would just... fucking just make you, make somebody's, like, neck fucking explode or something. But <laughs> why sulfuric acid of all the things? Well, the only thing I can think of is because he was so, I mean, he was like fucking Wolverine. They'd take a scalpel and just cut his chest open, and yeah, it would just yeah. back up. So maybe they were just kind of, it was like an overkill. But they had this big beaker, this big boiling, bubbling beaker <laughs> that said, like, sulfuric acid on the side. Oh, my God. I almost damaged myself permanently with not sulfuric acid because that stuff smells like rotten eggs, but uh-huh. uh, hydrochloric acid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in high school when they always told you to waft the odor of the whatever you're mixing together so as not to burn your nose? Well, right. dumbass me, I was just like, oh, that's bullshit. It's never going to be. So we were doing the <laughs> thing where we, you know, we had two or several chemicals we were mixing together. Uh, we were not told what was going to be what was going to be created. Um, so we had to do you know math and stuff and use the scent of it to mm. kind of 
guess what it was? Well, dumbass me just stuck my nose right over this stupid test tube and just... <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know. That is the worst, like, burn feeling I've, uh. I think I've ever... It was... My eyes instantly watered. I couldn't smell anything. I was like, oh, my God, I just fucked up my nose because I, <laughs> I had made hydrochloric acid in this tube and sniffed mm. the fumes of it straight into my nose, and that was what my Did you have a giant was. mustache back then? I did not after that. Oh, that's what... It would have protected you now. It wouldn't even fucking phased you. I, d- I had one until that. Then I just had a stripe right up the middle <laughs> when it's completely burned off. Um, I, uh, my mom and dad had a swimming pool, and they still do. And um, so when I was, of course, living there when I was a kid and everything, you know, they had the little float thing that floated around with a big... Uh, brick of chlorine in it mm-hmm. and one time i was out there just swimming around and everything i don't know why by myself uh, I, I just decided <laughs> to open that thing up and i like looked in there and i thought you know i wonder what this smells like oh and i gosh. took a big whiff and i almost passed out i mean i literally <laughs> almost blacked out i was like uh, i was like oh no, actually it was just it wasn't that i almost passed out it was like i couldn't breathe i was like <laughs> yeah yeah <coughs> i shouldn't <laughs> Shouldn't have done Shouldn't that have noise. Just done that. <laughs> uh, there's a there's some awesome uh, bad tattoos on this movie on some awesome big tits. <laughs> this chick this low thing. hanging saggy tits. <laughs> I liked her. <laughs> she's, she's not very attractive, but I like the boobs and uh, she. That's the, the, you, I guarantee you. If if you've ever been to like bars. You have seen this chick. Not the exact <laughs> chick, but you've seen. Yeah, you see her. She had this deep V-cut denim top on, and these. <sighs> I I don't I'm sorry. Those I'm were a, knockers. I'm a fan of weighty tits. And like they, yeah. <laughs> they were oh, me nice too. and weighty. Yeah. Me like too. you could put your face underneath them and kind of lift them up a little. <laughs> put them on top. <laughs> my my friend, we went to a a a, a strip strip uh, joint um back when we were in college and they didn't have any around here at that time, which is amazing. Um, so we'd have to go to Pittsburgh and we went to this place up there and there was a, a featured dancer who was like a penthouse pet. Uh-huh. And she had these big uh, Denise Milani boobs, big softies, you know. <laughs> and he got a picture taken. He paid like $10 to get his picture taken with her. He sat in a chair with this stupid, stupid look on his face. And she stood behind him and put both of her big uh, fun bags, just put awesome. them on top of his head. <laughs> I still have that picture. And I mean, I'm like, oh, my God. It was the most, it was the least sexy thing of all, at least if she, you know, she stood there and you could put your head like, you know, on her chest or something like that. It was the least sexy thing. And the look on his face, he was just looked like a fucking total dork. <laughs> so, yeah, the, in the, in one of the bar scenes, you get to see like some a total like wet jugs and uh, it was. Yeah, uh, beer covered wet jugs. And this is one of those moments when you're like, is this even the same movie I've been watching with this mm-hmm. weird zombie killer? Because it's just like this total bar fight. And I got to say, there's some really fucking good fighting in this scene. Like yeah. Chuck, Chuck's kicks were on point right here. Um, well, and, and unlike Seagal, which I think I've mentioned this before, you watch a Seagal movie and Seagal just beats the fuck out of everybody. No one can even touch him or anything. He, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Seagal get punched or anything in a movie. Uh, unless like they hit him with a stun gun and have him tied to a chair. And in this one, Chuck, you know, the guys were hitting him and knocking him down and stuff. And he was recovering. But when I was a kid, now this movie, I, uh, was the movie that I lied to my mom uh-huh. and, to, and to, this is the first movie I saw in the movie theater by myself without my parents. 
Uh, and I don't know if I was, you know, maybe 12, 13 years old or something like that. And I told my mom that my friend was going to meet me there. His mom was going to drop him off. Right. And so her and my sister went to the mall and the, the movie theater was like a standalone movie theater, the old cinema. And he was never going to be there. His mom, he didn't know anything about it. I just wanted to go see this fucking Chuck Norris movie so bad. <laughs> so I lied and I went and watched it by myself. The fight scene in this movie was just like, I shit myself yes. because this was before Keanu Reeves, uh, they did the things with the, uh, you know, with CGI or with the, uh, the cable things where they're yeah, hanging the wire, and they, the wire foo, yeah. The, yeah, the wire stuff. Um, and that's one thing that I liked about movies back then with Bruce Lee or, or, or any of these guys was they were actually doing it. It was, it was almost like the car chases instead of the, the CGI car chase thing where you actually had the stuntmen in the car. Yeah. And it was the same way with this. And I remember this fight scene just being like, uh, you know, as, as being a young, you know, like middle school kid, I just was like got a big, huge boner. I could watch that fight scene <laughs> over and over and over. I yeah. thought it was like the best part of the movie. Yeah, there's some very wet, like nice splash kicks in it. Like you could tell they just hose these guys down and then yeah. Chuck would just kick the piss out of their face and there's just be water droplets flying everywhere. His um, brother was one of the guys, Aaron yeah, Norris. Yeah, and that's cool. It was cool but at the action festival. His brother's all religious crazy now too. Mm-hmm. Um, his brother lives, I believe, in North Carolina. Um, so he kind of like helped get that first action movie festival going, but um, they talked a lot about his brother did a lot of stunt work for him, um, especially at least early on. Um, they look pretty similar, except his brother's never had the facial hair. I know. I know. Another big thing was uh, uh, back then. This is how goofy. Because, like I said, I think a lot of these movies, you know, played towards uh, younger kids and yeah. stuff like. Was uh, we had a big um, thing. Do you like Chuck better with blonde hair or dark or or brown hair? You know, like because in in most of his early movies, good guys were black. Breaker, Breaker, this movie and stuff like that. Or uh, um, uh, the oh, fucking one about the ninjas, uh, the Octagon, Octagon. Yeah, yeah. and um, there was one where with Bill Superfoot Wallace about the you know where they were smuggling cocaine and shit. He had this like almost like kind of bleach blonde hair and i always thought he had i always thought he had blonde hair yeah. but then you watch like lone wolf mcquade and from then on he just had like the dark brown hair and a beard or whatever <laughs> and i like chuck better with blonde hair you like, so a, you like a, do you like a mustache to blonde chuck better well i i saw him with a mustache for so long then when i saw him without a mustache i thought he looked weird yeah but i like the mustache and the blonde hair well his his back to his brother is i think and i think it was good guys wear black there's a, a scene where he does a like a one of his Flying kicks through the windshield of a car. Through the windshield of a car. That was the big thing on the the trailer for it. That that was Aaron Norris doing that stunt. Jump through the windshield. Yeah. And well, fuck, man, that just broke my heart. <laughs> That's a son of a bitch. It's a he, phony. He talked about um, how he uh, when he did that scene, he's like he's like he did the jump and it fucking hurt and went through the glass and the guy the director was like, yeah, that was awesome. Blah blah. All right, let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, you know. No. Um, so yeah, that was Aaron Norris jumping through the window. Well, and I like also. Um, I always wonder because Stallone did this too. You know, you get like uh, Carl Weathers or whoever, Mister T, mm-hmm. and um, because Stallone is like five foot two, and, and Chuck Norris <laughs> is like really short. And when they had the the leader of the biker gang who was mouthing off to Chuck constantly, okay, now. I mean, some of these motorcycle gang guys in the movies are just ridiculous. When the cops walk in, I mean, you know, the first thing I don't I think of 
when I see a cop is not to go over and say, hey, fucking pussy, and you know, yeah, you think you're a badass. And this guy was shorter than Chuck Norris, and I don't know how that could possibly be, because <laughs> he is short. They used him a lot, too, but I, I, when I saw him, I felt like I had seen him before, but I wasn't sure where, so I looked him up. His name's Jay DePlano, or DePlano. Mm-hmm. He, um, the only thing that I saw him in were other, was really, really was other Chuck Norris movies. Yeah. So they must have just found him at some point. They're like, hey, this guy, he, he does well buddies. with getting his ass kicked by Chuck, and he's shorter than him, so we could use him. Well, he's um, a stuntman. Because oh, is he? Almost, okay, okay. Almost every one of them says like, uh, "stunt, stunt, 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 stunt." Okay, yeah, he, so. uh, he. <laughs> it's fun. I started to write something about. Uh, I wonder how Chuck feels about this uh, uh, Mexican American working <laughs> working here now. I wonder if his <laughs> political views have changed on whether he should be working here or not. Um, Come on now. The, the, uh, uh, the it's a few times the uh, Libby, the um, John Kirby character, he. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of had a Nick Cave thing going on, like he, he had these weird eyeliner. They'd go up close to him, or he looked like a very like a an eighties version of Nick Cave a few times. Um, I like sometimes uh, where where he would be like stalking, like he would have somebody like a, a mostly just a girl, a girl, a girl. Yeah, yeah. Like they'd be down on the ground at his mercy, and instead of just jumping on him and killing him, he'd like squat down and just like make these weird faces and look yeah. at him and it's like it, what the fuck that, that the horror scenes of it were what i like the best like I, I really like the bar fight but like i like the horror type elements of it where when dealt with the kirby character um like there's a shot of one chick getting her head smashed against the wall and it, oh it yeah was a, it was a neat angle with the camera kind of following her face but it mm-hmm. happened really fast um i thought it was really well done I and mean, he's kind of like a I mean, he does definitely have a Michael Myers type thing coming on, going yeah. on, and and that, well, it's the, been so long since I'd seen Halloween, I'd forgotten in those movies yeah. how Michael Myers, Michael Myers didn't always use just like the butcher knife. I mean, he would fucking yeah. choke people or, or yeah. Well, and and if you're gonna, if you're, there were several times where someone would go and hide in mm-hmm. a big place, and he wouldn't come after him, and he wouldn't like be beaten on the door or anything. And then you're, to me, my initial thing would be, okay, I'm gonna stay in here. And eventually, I'll stay in here until the goddamn hell freezes over. As long as I don't hear him, you know. Right. But these fucking people, they'd they'd hide, and then you know he there, the house would just be completely quiet. You wouldn't hear anything, and the next thing you know, they'd start peeping out and go walk around. I'm like, stay where the fuck you are, you <laughs> idiot. He obviously hasn't found you, so just stay there yeah, a little longer. Fu- or he just, I don't know, he's just kind of weird, you know. He he. Uh, uh, there was one part. As soon as I, I hadn't seen this, honest to God, I probably hadn't seen it since I was a kid. Where um, Ron Silver um, goes home, and you know he's hanging out. Man, they had a big house. Like yeah. a, most houses have one stair staircase to go upstairs. They had like two or three or something, and uh, which makes for you know good places to hide and chase people around and shit. But he he um, they show a shot from outside the house. Um, I never was a big fan. I'm still not like even in my house right now, like I have my curtains drawn, mm-hmm. especially at night. I never could understand, even when I'm driving around, if I drive by somebody's house at night and they have a big picture window and the curtains are wide open and you can see them in there, like watching TV and shit. Yeah. I, I, I think that's so weird, but here's silver and the, the camera's outside and they show through the screen door he's in the he walks in the kitchen I, I i don't know if he had just fucked his girl or his wife or whatever and uh cuz he's kind of sweaty he puts his shirt on uh, and he's a bear too um 
him and Chuck, you know, if they took a bath together, it would cl- you're, you'd have to go get some goddamn talk about ass and pour some down the drain. cloth over that drain. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> he goes in and he gets like a beer and he gets this big fucking salami out and he reaches over and grabs this knife that looks like a goddamn machete, like that you would take in the jungle and beat down the brush with, and cuts <laughs> off a big chunk of salami and then goes and walks into the room. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, okay. He couldn't just get this little fucking like a uh, steak knife and cut off of. Like, he gets a goddamn looks like a Gurkha fucking uh, knife. <laughs> and uh, okay, I know somebody's gonna get killed with that son of a bitch, John Kirby. He's loose. And and also, now for a good part of the time, Chuck thought John Kirby was dead. Okay. Uh-huh. Now it and then it was just almost like they got like about halfway into it when people started getting killed, and it was just like he he knew it was John Kirby, or he knew something was up or something like that. Right, and I was right. like, okay, now how did he come to that conclusion? If I saw somebody get shot with a twelve gauge shotgun in the like in the chest and stomach to where it just blew him completely open, and they took him <laughs> to the hospital, and the doctors come out and say, yeah, he's dead, you know. Um, if you don't live in a horror movie world. Even if you thought, okay, these assholes kept this guy alive, yeah, yeah. you know, he'd be just like a vegetable laying there with made of Swiss cheese. You know, you wouldn't think, okay, here's this dude. And and it was weird. It was like I I know what they were going for, but I mean, you never had where they were just like looked at each other, Chuck and the girl or whoever, and were like, what the fuck? You know, this guy <laughs> is was dead. I mean, what's going on here? You know? Yeah. So I don't know, it's, but you know they they had to keep it. I, I liked a lot of the the way it was classic horror movie, you know the way it was shot, like especially at the beginning when Chuck was walking into the house to to try and subdue him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know just the like the handheld camera, and you're seeing it through, you know like what Chuck's seeing as he looks to, down this one hallway and then t- pans around and looks down this hallway and everything, and they did a similar thing with Kirby. Um, well, and even in the the next movie where they have the handheld camera and you're seeing it, what the uh, the bad guy is yep, seeing, like yep. the girl's cowering and scurrying away on her butt, you know, trying to get away. And I I, I like that. Um, I one of the reasons that I like this movie so much, and at that time when it came out, um, and maybe even to up until today, because when I watched it, I still liked it, um, was that it was kind of. It was just different, you know. Yeah. Every Chuck Norris movie before this was kind of the same, and every Chuck Norris movie after this was pretty much the same. They did the one where I don't know, I never saw it, but like it had something to do with him going to hell or something, or or fighting uh, the Antichrist or something like that. When he got, I guess that was when he got real religious or something. Yeah. Um, but this one just, it was just different. It it had that horror movie element, and you threw, like I said, he's almost like a curveball because in most horror movies, the, everybody's just a victim. And this is a guy that can actually fight back and go toe to toe with some fucking psycho, so I like that, and I like the the uh, the the uh, tattooed, t- <laughs> the tattooed titties. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't have too much else to add myself, but there's a there's a line in it. I won't say who said it, but it, it, it probably shouldn't have been the case. But I totally laughed at it when somebody goes, "He hurt me." He hurt me bad. He hurt me bad. <laughs> he hurt me bad. And get that? That was the uh, there was a. Uh, a Bruno San Martino, like Ivan Koloff kind of moment where someone broke out the the uh, old uh, bear hug. <laughs> that was yeah. the Herbie, Herbie, Herbie that. You don't see the bear hug lately, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I liked uh, 
uh, just some of the stuff I had written down. Um, you kids, you, you kids, uh, quit making all that noise. You're upsetting the chickens. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Why did he go in the chicken house, the chicken coop? He just like walked out there and went in the chicken. He started kind of like uh, uh, just tapping like a wood pile. He grabbed, mm-hmm. grabbed the axe and it wasn't like he was chopping wood. There was just like some sticks there and he just started going plump, plump, plump. You know, I guess he was getting the feel of it. Oh my um, God, I just read that fucking Dennis Miller has endorsed Herman Cain. Oh, he's a fucking idiot. What the Dennis fuck? an idiot. Herman, Herman Cain. Cain. Yeah. Uh, anyway, nine, go ahead. Sorry. Nine, nine. Uh, the, the, I like that. The, uh, right. When uh, there were several scenes, um, that I thought were funny how they shot. Uh, one, uh, I've seen him in lots of movies because I guess Chuck's supposed to be the stoic, you know, quiet cowboy kind of guy. And when he first shows up and gets out of the car, they shoot from the ground up. And yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah. God, the guy must have had to dig a hole because he's so fucking short. <laughs> Maybe they were trying to make him look like larger than life and tall. But then they had a fucking trench to shoot him from a low angle. <laughs> you do, you knew when. The, and there was there was a couple of scenes where I thought that maybe Chuck was standing on something because you know, like somebody was taller than him, and you know, when he's talking, they were a little bit you know, about the same height. <laughs> uh, but uh, this isn't giving anything away because you know there's going to be a showdown, and uh, when him and um, Kirby have their their showdown, um, uh, they they kept they would. This is a, a typical Chuck Norris uh, karate movie uh, camera shot mm-hmm. where they sh- they have a close up of his face as he's circling with the you know the, the kind of scowl on his face, and then they have the close up of the other guy's face, you know, full screen <laughs> of just their faces as they're circling each other. Um, let's see here. I had the don't shoot, <laughs> don't shoot, uh, asshole. Chuck and the fucking. Uh, I like when they the, like somebody gets hurt. And uh, he, um, I don't know if he had like, not cracked ribs, but maybe bruised ribs or something like that. Well, apparently in this little town, they don't have like a regular hospital. They just have a research institute or something. Right. Because they're like, well, we're not really a hospital, you know. Well, why'd you bring me here then? Take me to the fucking hospital. <laughs> but it gave us Chuck an excuse to have his shirt off. Uh, another time when he had his shirt off, this was before, right before the, the frolicking scene. Um, he uh, is in his bat cave uh-huh. and he turns on some kind of like Steely Dan music <laughs> and he has a towel around his neck. Just the, the, the cowboy boots, the uh, stretchy Chuck tight. The, the only part that was stretchy in the Chuck Norris jeans were the crotch. So you could do the high kick. Right, right. And the, and the, uh, the little ad in the news in the magazine. Tight jeans, cowboy boots, the the cowboy belt um, that um, had a great big S on it. It was like a manhole cover. I guess that was for Stevens. That was his name. Um, <laughs> so anyway, he has this towel around his neck, and it, it, you could tell Chuck Norris was not an actor because oh, yeah. he like his the way he moved and stuff. It wasn't like natural. He just was stiff and he's like almost like clinging to this towel around his neck and the girl comes in and she's like do you mind if i turn this down so we can talk and it's like All right. so anyway um you got to see her boobs quite a bit and they were they seemed like they you know they're not the biggest boobs in the world but you know she she had some fairly nice boobs um sheriff can i have your onions uh, that was so stupid. The guy was like, I, I don't know if Flounder was gay for Chuck or what. And he was like, you know, um, hey, uh, I'll have a uh, cheeseburger with some fries and a Coke um, with onions. Uh, no, hold it. Because I guess, you know, 
now that Chuck has a woman, he's he's conscientious about making love. So he doesn't, breath, he doesn't want his breath, breath to smell like onions. He doesn't want his semen yeah. to taste like onions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he tells the waitress, you know, uh, hold the onions this time. And Flounder just looks at him and he goes, Sheriff, can I have your onions? <laughs> he's like, yeah, Charlie, you can have my onions. I mean, it was so gay. I mean, I, I don't mean, when I say so gay, I don't mean in a homophobic way, right? But it's just dorky. Um, one in one part, they come out of the police station, which looked like the oldest, shittiest house. It was red, and it looked like it needed painted real bad. I thought it was the uh, the um, uh, diner or whatever, but it was actually the police station. And the douchebag flounder, who is so goofy, he starts telling some story. I can't remember what it was. He says, "I, you know, sheriff." I really don't know if this job's for me. You know, I've never been really a, a violent guy and I've never been in a fight and everything. And Chuck, you know, because he's going to give it, the, he's the old sage going to give him advice. They have a big SUV, like a Chevy Blazer or yeah. a Bronco. That's like the old kind that was really big. And uh, he puts his fucking foot up on the bumper of the truck, you know, and like to, to start giving him advice. But the thing about that is, is Chuck is like five foot, Two, and the fucking bla- bumper on the blazer was like you know three feet off the ground, so he almost had to do like the splits. <laughs> it looks so unnatural. So I thought that was funny. Uh, I wrote down Chuck is wood. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see his yeah the 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 dramatic scenes of him in this is really are really bad. Well, one one of the one of the worst. I mean, I wouldn't say the worst parts of the movie, but you know. When you think about it, okay, he could do the the martial arts part, but if they would have, you know, his acting was subpar compared to almost everybody in the fucking movie. Um, let's see here, Chuck Sex <laughs> frolicking montage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Uh, I think uh, Silver, of course, you know, I don't know where he's from, if he's from New York, actually, in real life or what. But, uh, you know, and I know people make fun. Yeah, he's from uh, Manhattan. Um, People will make fun of us for having an accent. But when someone says, uh, put the pizza in the oven, (laughs) and when they add the R, that always makes me laugh. I Uh, I could tear up a pizza right now. Pizza, me too. I'm fucking growling. Best of weeks growling. Um, Silver, um, when he gets into it with uh, John Kirby at the house, I mean, it's like it takes like two seconds. He's got a T-shirt on and he's, you know, completely dry and everything. He, I think, shoots him. And then, I mean, how many times does it take to shoot a guy and the guy comes back to life before you realize this guy is going to come back to life? But in like two seconds, he's just drenched with sweat. His shirt's completely covered in sweat. He's got his hair is all sweaty, but he's pretty hairy, so he had like a fur coat on under that t-shirt. Um, lots of good screaming. There was some good screaming in that good scream queen stuff. Uh, Chuck's jeans are tight. Uh, they had some good stunts. Uh, um, the one guy that came out of the uh, uh, when Kirby uh, there was a high fall. Um, out of a window that yeah. was pretty stunt and the uh, there was a uh, really really nice um, uh, stunt at the end with the um, when they were trying to get away in the SUV 
uh, and they, they it kind of hits like almost like a ramp and does like a rollover in midair and crashes. Mm-hmm. And then they had the uh, the uh, I'm I'm almost like going back to the old days where we were so mesmerized by stuntmen. But you know <laughs> they were really doing this shit. And uh, after that, you know the fire the, like I said I said fireman stunt, but where someone's completely engulfed in flames and you know running, uh, that was pretty cool. Um, there was a guy. Um, he was the fat bald guy in the the that was the biker guy and the head biker guy goes get get him he's you know like yeah. he, he, his name is the great john l and i think he was a wrestler at mm-hmm. one time because i had a wrestling magazine where pompero furpo was training to wrestle the sheik and it showed like like one in one scene it was just pictures of him like with holding a cougar on a leash like a pet cougar or whatever <laughs> but it said he was wrestling the cougar and one of them he was with this guy uh uh, John L, the great John L. And so he, I think he, they had him doing stunts and everything, but he was kind of like a little fat, uh, round, bald guy. But anyway, that's about it. That's about all I had. Uh, cool. we, you covered almost just about everything. Yeah. Uh, this movie, it, it owes a lot to Halloween, uh, mm-hmm. more so than anything else. It has a slasher feel to it, but they, they throw in the Chuck Norris-style martial arts. And if you've seen any Chuck Norris movies, you know what I mean by that. It's not a... It, spinning it's back just, kick. What's that? Spinning back kick. Yeah, spinning back kick. It, it's... That was his it, big thing. It's like his. It's like a, a, a. It's a very American style martial arts that he brings to the yeah. to the thing to the camera all the time, and he doesn't get a lot of chance to show it off where it pertains to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, the fight scenes that are there are pretty good, um, but yeah, like this is this movie is kind of like an amalgamation between Halloween one and two, um, but it's uh, it's it's it was different than I thought it was going to be. I wish that they had integrated the two stories a little better. Um, the the Chuck with the love interest was really kind of pointless for ninety percent of the time. But it was um, fucking funny. But it was fucking <laughs> funny. Um, I'd say I'd say uh, this is worth checking out. I'd give it a six point. I'd say six point seven five out of ten. Uh, it's it's uh, if you like Chuck Norris movies, you'll enjoy it. Um, it's definitely different in that he did a horror movie. I think there was mm-hmm. another one that he did late, later in the nineties that is more supernatural, but. Um, Chuck, this, is, Chuck. this is a science-based monster. So, um, so yeah, six point seven five. Science? <laughs> Ew, that's so stupid. I'm going with my gut. Yeah, uh, I'm going with my gut. I'm not going to use any kind of science when I rate this. I'll give it a six point five. <laughs> okay, right at the same. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. watching it again. It's uh, um, I think like I said when I was a kid, you see it through different eyes. Uh, you know the sex scenes and stuff. Like I guess, oh, you know, you can see some movies. The karate, you know, just ate it up and everything. And and uh, I remember Chuck Norris doing a um, an interview. Uh, he made the the code of silence, mm-hmm. and everybody was comparing it almost to like a Steve McQueen kind of a movie and everything. <laughs> and he did an interview, and he said, you know, people never say. You know, uh, Chuck is getting better as an actor. They just say Chuck is a is a bad actor and blah 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 blah. Well, to be honest with you, Chuck, you're still a bad actor. You're kind of an asshole. But um, <laughs> when I watch these movies these days, though, I when I sit there and watch this, uh, it wasn't a grind to watch it. I watched it straight through. I never yeah. paused it, and I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yep, it's a good six point uh, five. Good uh, off the beaten path Halloween movie. So six point five, six point seven five. A uh, nice solid flick, and uh, we're gonna come back. We're gonna take another break, and we're gonna come back and review Maniac Cop. We'll be right back. In a world that has a country called England, three cinephiles battle weekly against the onslaught of movie releases. 
they review, dissect, and discuss until each is defeated. Jordan is the host. Ian is the sweary one. And Noel is the grandpa. And together they are the 35mm heroes. Dig it, bitches. Us break. I like that bass. We're back. Suicidal Maniacs. All right. So, yeah, our next flick is Maniac Cop from 19. Is it 1988? Era 88. Era, era 1988. This is starring one Bruce Campbell. One. Tom Atkins, who actually is in the movie more, I think, than Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Um, and a few, a few other people I don't rec- rec- recognize. Um, and uh, everybody knows. Oh, uh, well, one person I did recognize. Well, well no, fucking. Okay, a lot of people I recognize. <laughs> Richard Roundtree. Make up your mind. Shaft himself. Will Smith looking fucking old as dirt. And the Zadar. The um, I'm pulling a gentleman's guide, people. I was hungry. Yeah, I I was too lazy to go get food. It's it's like uh, right now I am the farthest I could possibly be away from food in my house. Yeah, <laughs> you almost wish Nina Hartley was right there so you could belly up to the uh, a big stack of roast beef, big slab. <laughs> it's funny that you that you that because I asked you about her, so I guess she's on your brain because. There's a scene in the movie, and I'll go ahead and say the my thing now. When they show the maniac cop's face, he's got this <laughs> wound on his face, and that's instantly what I thought of. <laughs> I was like, because I, I asked Dom this morning, I was like, what was that porn star we were talking about, the older lady that you said had the roast beef vagina? Oh, was, now, come on now. What? That's crude. <laughs> that had the roast beef uh, restaurant. Um, because I was like, <laughs> I said, um, <laughs> <laughs> Who slips sink ships? Uh, yeah. Nina Hartley sinks the best of them. The um, I said I said, I said the makeup on his face is a little bit silly because uh, I was like, was that Nina Hartley's badge <laughs> there yeah. on his cheek? Uh, but <laughs> it was like, it's be an Arby's night tonight. So um, 
Yeah, uh, in this movie, it says uh, the, the synopsis on IMDb. In New York, a man in the cop's uniform starts killing people for no apparent reason. What a shitty, <laughs> what a yeah. shitty plot synopsis. Um, and I, I like the casting in this because they put two chins, I guess, together. Um, mm-hmm. This is I got it both beat because I have two chins on my own face. <laughs> this is directed and growing by, a third. Uh, one. Growing a third one, uh, directed by uh, William Lustig, um, who I recently watched Vigilante. Um, he also directed Maniac, um, so he really branched out with the titles here. Um, I don't know that I've seen him. But he did, he hasn't directed. Yeah, a ton. you've seen him in something that we covered already. What? William Lustig? Yeah. No. He didn't yeah, dude. As maybe yeah. as an actor. Dude. Just, what? Dude. <laughs> I'm thinking of something else. Oh. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. What did I have written down? There was some goddamn son of a bitch that directed a fucking movie. <laughs> <coughs> He's produced a lot more than Mike he Miller, has. Miller, Jackson County Jail. Silent Rage guy. Jackson County Jail. Oh, no. Well, I'm, I'm talking about Lustig. I know. I, 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 I had a... A uh, brain thing that I was like, oh yeah, I know, I know that. Well, I don't, I don't even. There have was a brain one of the guys that we covered that did something we did before, and when you said that, I was like, before I looked at the uh, the uh, filmography, I was like, yeah, fuck, one. I, I thought it was him, but it was the other guy. The um, he did. And, and I really appreciate having you as a co-host, and we have some fucking listeners that just know all kinds of shit. Because I'm gonna tell you, even even the the fact that I watch lots of movies, I can't ever remember anything. I and when when Will and Rick and you guys when you and you two when you say you can't remember stuff and you have to use IMDb there let me tell you people they're bullshitting because they still remember a lot of shit. I don't remember anything at all. Like I don't even remember the names of the people of the movies I just watch. Like I'm a, I'm such Nina a Hart- ba- yeah, Nina Hartley. I'm I'm such a bad movie geek because what I bring what I bring to the table is not knowledge it's not it's memory facial hair it's facial hair it's a jackass personality and it is um my just like desire to keep watching stuff and like my enthusiasm for it so hopefully that comes through in the show because it's definitely not what my uh my knowledge that i'm bringing to the table so anyway oh now come on the um you keep so, putting yeah. yourself down like that Lustig, and it, we're gonna have to do maniac i know you don't like it very much but i fucking love that movie so i started watching it yesterday still not a fan well, no, here's the deal. I didn't realize that when um, the movie is buffering on Netflix, that if you switch over to like another tab while and think it's going to be buffering, so you switch over to Facebook while it's doing that, as soon as you switch over, it stops buffering. Oh. And when you switch back over, then it starts out. It's like, why the fuck isn't this? I did that for like 10 minutes, and I was like, I want to start watching this son of a bitch. <laughs> and well, then it only- I realized. Netflix only buffers for like ten minutes. Yeah, you can't well, buffer the whole movie. It's it's best to um, when it's when it starts saying that it's buffering, just to refresh the page. Because there's times where you'll sit there and watch it go across there real slow. If you just refresh, it comes right up. Right. So um, but this guy, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. William Lustig. He didn't direct a lot, but he did this. Uh, it's I guess action crime horror type <laughs> type movie. Um, Yes. So uh, I'll, I'll let you uh, take the lead this time. Well, um, <clears throat> I watched this um, a while back, um, and I watched it as a – I think it may have been like last year around Halloween time before I was a, a um, you know, a star. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I watched it back-to-back with Maniac. 
And um, after watching them, and I'm not going to go into Maniac because we we may cover it. Oh, shit. Uh, I I totally didn't mention that Larry Cohen wrote this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, Hell Up in Harlem, Black Caesar. Yeah. Hell Up in Harlem. I like that movie. Um, (laughs) I watched them back to back and. Uh, I've said often on this show that I know I like a movie when I want to when when the movie's done and I want to start it right back up and watch it again, mm-hmm. and that's how I felt about Maniac Cop. Didn't feel the way the same way about Maniac, for a different reason. It, it was more, um, it was more uh, really, I don't know if it just sleazy, gritty, dirty, and like you know mean. Mm-hmm. And it didn't leave me feeling good or anything. Whereas this one was a lot more fun, uh, and, and I I just enjoyed it. It was uh, even Zadar, um, who I hate to spoil it for you people, but Zadar is fucking the maniac cop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know when he's killing people and stuff like that. It's it's a uh, w- w- you know, and I know they were going for a different thing. They were going for a true life realism with maniac. Yeah. Where you saw you were in the inner workings, the inner mind of this this fucking psycho uh, serial killer, and they showed him, you know, with a lot of the mutilations and and you know how and just his his psychosis and everything really left me really uh, with an uneasy feeling. Not that it was a bad movie, I thought it was good, but this one uh, was something that um, I just enjoyed. I liked the, I, I the um, the style of it. Like you said, it was almost more like an action, kind of a like a like a cop movie. Sure, it was kind of sort of a horror movie, but it but I it it uh, it was almost like the Chuck Norris movie. It had a lot of similarities there, where it it uh, was almost as much an action movie as it was a horror movie. Right. It wasn't just straight up horror, and you didn't see as much it wasn't from the point of view of Zadar it was from yeah. you know the point of view of the people that were experiencing what he was doing and everything i um i liked um a lot how they shot the movie for the longest time where you didn't see his face yeah and um, they did a really good job with the lighting and stuff because mm-hmm. he would be in not bright light but at least enough light to highlight that fucking chin of his Right, and they but they they do a good job of casting shadows right. over his face and and it and it wasn't as much not seeing the the physical violence like the scars and the the pussy lips on his <laughs> <laughs> on his cheek, um, but it was just I th- I I never got the impression. Now before I saw this movie, before I saw it, you know, you see the box art and everything, and and the face is almost blacked out except for the crazy eyes. And I imagined that it was going to be a movie where uh, you didn't know who the killer was, and right, it right. was going to end up being someone in the movie. Um, you know, because it's basically a movie about cops, mm-hmm. and I think they did actually, if I remember correctly, and I may be wrong about this, that they actually used uh, some real cops. They had to have because I mean, especially when they had the parade and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's, you know, a lot of some of the people in there, they they obviously had uh, the, um, um, the 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 New York City Police Department actually was involved in making this. You know. Uh, because you know, having the precinct, the cars, all the cops, and they're shooting right down downtown and everything. This huge, you know, the the St. Patrick's Day parade and everything. Um, but it didn't turn out to be that way. I never thought while watching this that um, 
the killer was one of the actual people in the cast. I mean, other than Zadar. Right. You know, um, when I, but like I said, before I watched it and I saw the name William Smith, I always thought, okay, you know, William Smith is going to end up being the guy that's the killer because he always plays a bad guy. <clears throat> and I, and, and if this movie would have been made in say like 19 in the seventies, I think it would have been a great casting to have William Smith play the maniac cop because yeah. he's so big and imposing. Like you said, in this movie, he was a lot older. God, he looks so old. And he's, and he's and he, got, I mean, his fucking voice, his voice. It's like he just chewed up a whiskey bottle and, and just <laughs> ate the glass. You know, um, let's see. It's, 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 you know, made in 1988. It's got a very eighties feel. You see a lot of the eighties, uh, clothes and style. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the girl Lorene Landon, uh, the the movies I knew her from. Uh, f- first time I saw it, I, I was I the jury with Armada Sante. She played his um, secretary Velda, and the wrestling movie All the Marbles with Peter Falk about the women's tag team wrestling. Uh, she's pretty hot. Uh, she's not a great actress. Go ahead. Uh, so that was a decent movie. Yeah, she, it's a surprisingly good movie. You know, I haven't seen it in a long time, so we'll, we'll we may cover that one of these days. Yeah. We'll have, we'll do one with two chicks, uh, and then the other one will be like some lesbian movie two chicks, and they'll get together. Uh, yeah, yeah, lesbians. <laughs> uh, but she's she's pretty hot <laughs> uh, in a in a kind of a you know statuesque blonde kind of thing. She's not a great actress by any means, but um, as far as the styles go and stuff, uh, just looking at her with the you know the the long hair, that, and then she's got the parts of it that are crinkled. Yeah, they they use the curling iron that crinkled the hair all the way down, and uh, she had on the. Uh, uh, the really, um, they're not even boot or not boot cut, like straight leg jeans, and the jeans are real tight at the bottom, so that sh- so that you can slip your Robin Hood boots over top of them. <laughs> yeah, there's like Robin Hood looking crunched down boots at the bottom. Um, Bruce Campbell <laughs> is, you know, you see him now, and I'm so used to seeing him in everything, but uh, you know, of course, everybody gets older. He's very, very young in this movie. Very skinny, very young, good shape. Um, I I just freaking love him, and I mean he's got he's got this wise ass kind of funny uh, sense of humor, and in this one it's downplayed a lot. It's not the uh, give me some sugar baby, and you know the the one liners and the smart ass obnoxious kind of Bruce Campbell stuff like that. He's playing it pretty straight. Yeah. Uh, but I still he was good, you know. Uh, Tom Adkins. Um, you know, of course, I remember him from a, just a ton of movies. He was in everything, but he was in uh, Lethal Weapon, and he's really good in this. Uh, I like the interaction between Roundtree and William Smith, especially <laughs> toward the end when, you know, let's put it this way, people. Mo- a good portion of the cast gets killed in this movie, yeah. so I'm, it's not giving anything away that people – it's a, it's a um, I guess, kind of a slasher movie mm-hmm. because um, uh, Zadar – he has different methods of killing people. I mean, he's a good strangler because he's really big and he just grabs him by the fucking throat, not from behind or anything, two hands to the front of the throat, like uh, Andre the giant or somebody used to do it and then just <laughs> lift them up off their feet, especially the women. Um, he's big on killing some women. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I like the very first scene where they are showing like, this is the very first part of the movie. Uh, the first thing they show, and it's him getting dressed. They never show his face, never show his head, I don't think. And it's just him suiting up. 
putting that's on all this yeah that's how it opens it, that was awesome the opening credits are really cool like the, yeah. with the pause like he'll slip on like the white glove and then it pauses with some credits yeah you know back to the back to the R richard roundtree thing i don't know what it is about him i don't know if you feel the same way but if he is not shaft yes he 100%. seems just fucking he's like just a, a wimpy a or nerdy or something yeah. Yeah, when he was in Shaft, he was the coolest son of a bitch on the planet Earth. Oh, yeah, and, and like, then go ahead. So I would seek out other things with Richard Roundtree. I'd like, oh yeah, man, he's cool, but he never portrayed a cool guy. I mean, he always was kind of like a just like nothing, no right. charisma. And I was just I was trying to remember. It made me think of it when you were talking about him earlier. But there's a Chuck Connors movie, Day of the Assassin, this Brian Trenchard Smith movie, and it's from the '70s. Even Richard Roundtree is in that, and. He, he's even supposed to be like a guy that, you know, he's like an assassin or something. And he's even looks like wimpy in that movie. Like, I don't know. He's kind of like, he's not really built. Like he seems yeah. kind of short. Well, in Shaft, he was, I, I, I was just, that's one of the reasons I was saying, if you could hear me typing people, a very unprofessional. Um, I was wondering if it was just a difference in Shaft being made like in the early seventies. And this movie was like 88. So yeah. it was, you. But Day of the uh, Assassin, I mean, that was five years after Shaft, and it was, yeah. you know, and he, I mean, he looked the same as he did in this movie. Well, Shaft was seventy-one, and this oh, was eighty-eight. Okay, so I mean, it was there was Eight quite years. a bit of a difference. So, and he started getting different roles because, I mean, you know, of course, he's not the young guy, and I think he got a lot of roles because he was Richard Roundtree. Yeah, yeah. But he just started getting like like this role in this movie. It was the kind of role he would get, like as the police commissioner guy, or you know, just an average guy, not not like a badass or anything. Yeah. But I'm like you. I I I um I I I vividly remember watching Richard Roundtree, expecting to see Shaft, no matter yeah. what he was in. This cool that, <laughs> and he could have he could have run with that forever. It's almost like The Rock, you know, if he would just play the cool. Uh, you know, badass guy in every movie, he could make a career out of just doing that. But instead, he wants to prove, you know, oh, I can be a comedian. I'll play a, a gay guy in the fucking, uh, you know, um, what was it Get Shorty or something like that? Oh, the, no, no, the, the uh, not Get cool. Shorty. Yeah, get, Be Cool or something. Be like Cool. That, yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, dude, okay, yeah, we know that I you're. Don't, I don't, uh, I don't know what it is about uh, uh, big um, action star guys, um, but for some reason, one of the things that they like, it's like Ving Rhames. Uh, one of the things that they like to do to prove that they're, they're not just a big uh, action star is to play a gay guy. Yeah. And they don't play a gay guy. They play like a flamboyant, uh, stereotypical gay guy. But we're getting off track with that shit. Fuck Richard Roundtree. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I like the music in this, kind of like the, um, just the, uh, synthy kind of cool music it did get a little bit over the top in some of the the kill stuff um i like i mentioned in the other movie i like how they shot um uh, a lot of the scenes where um he would be stalking someone because obviously through the majority of the movie they never want to show his face they want the reveal of you know this guy he when you find out the story of uh of the character what happened to him and everything why he became a maniac cop mm -hmm. uh and uh they, they they never want to show his face so a good way of doing that was to have the handheld camera uh, the the point of view shots of from his view like i said the uh, girl scurrying away trying to get away from him or a guy like you know walks out in the hallway and he's standing there and you know they're like oh jesus christ <laughs> what the what the fuck? Um, 
there's some really good stunts in this too. Um, oh yeah. The a uh, 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 what's his name um, from Lethal Weapon, Tom Atkins. Um, uh, there, there's as there's a high fall. A lot of the high fall stuff in both movies, you know, you kind of take it for granted. You know, you're just watching this movie. But I mean, I watched that uh, Zoe Bell documentary, and um, they showed her doing her first high fall when it, it was like in training, mm-hmm. and they had almost like a trapeze where they have the little skinny ladder thing, and she climbed up. I mean, oh my god, it was so high, and I would be shitting myself because I don't like heights. Yeah, and uh, she had never done it before, and they had the airbag and everything. And of course, she was a gymnast and everything, so she just hit it right off, right off the bat. Um, I actually wrote a lot of my notes in number two pencil while I was laying on my bed with one <laughs> eye open, uh, so they're hard to read. Um, <laughs> you heard him; he didn't do it. I don't know why I wrote that down. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, there's. I like some of the quotes in it. Like, uh, I'm not brave. I'm scared shitless. There's, a, there's an, there's another really bad, like, um, like sentimental moment that probably, like, like in the last movie, I mentioned the quote. This one, um, it probably shouldn't have. I probably shouldn't have made me laugh, but it did. When and Tom Atkins is looking at this uh, girl that's been murdered, he's like, "You must have been so afraid, Cassie, and you, <laughs> and, and you saw a cop." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know what? I I wonder. I mean, honest to God, this is one of those ones where I think when they, I I can't imagine that some of the lines that they put in here they actually thought were not goofy. Yeah. That I I honestly think that they put them in there to be goofy and stupid. Um, they, there was a um uh one cop uh who was just kind of a bit player guy and um. But he almost reminded me of the flounder character cop in uh, the other movie, uh, or the just the you know goofy or lone wolf McQuaid, the goofy sidekick guy. And he picks. I, I kept writing down Velda because that was what her name was in the Eye of the Jury. But uh, uh, Teresa Mal- Mallory, uh, Loreen Landon, in the you know she played Teresa Mallory, the blonde. Um, the maniac cop has Bruce Campbell, and they're. Yeah, I don't know if he's taking him off to kill him or whatever. And she jumps in the car with this uh, other young cop. And they're chasing after him, uh, trying to save him or whatever. And uh, when they get out, she, you know, most cop cars have a, you know, like a 12 gauge riot gun. And she gets it out and he goes, Do you know how to handle a shotgun? She's a fucking (laughs) cop. She's like a goddamn detective or whatever. Yeah, she's like a vice cop. Yeah, vice cop. Do you know how to handle a shotgun? Now, why would he say that? She's obviously been through, like, the police academy and everything. But, you know, it's just like, oh, my God. Um, Really good He's a fucking amazing driver. Usually you'd see, like, the the cop that's the star in the movie is going to be taken. Like, let me drive. She just gets in the car with this dude, and all of a sudden this dude's just like, it's like, yeah. sli- like power sliding and everything. <laughs> <laughs> they always have like a big uh, wet spot. Oh, when uh, in uh, going back to the other movie, Silent Rage, when uh, Chuck and Flint, <laughs> oh, yeah. Barty gets pull pull in here. <laughs> oh you my know? god! Yeah, it's like they they totally he hose the road down and like for the stunt. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the puddle, and this yeah. fucking blazer just slides like uh, like half a mile down. The road. No, that was a, and when they when they finally come to the stop, you have the the, the you know the the classic you know Chuck looks over they're they're like almost like their hearts in their chest, and he looks over like what the fuck? Uh, uh, you know, you could have went and just turned around. Um, let's see, um, you could have pulled in the Piggly Wiggly here and just turned around. It would have been a lot easier. Oh, I like the one part because. Um, 
I'm, I'm actually trying to decipher my notes. They're really fucking crappy. Um, <laughs> there was one scene. Zadar is portrayed as almost, um, before you know it's him and everything, and just the maniac. You know, it's the maniac cop um, as like a monster, uh, this huge monster. Because like, like I said, it's almost like Andre the Giant. He's portrayed as being like this, this huge, uh, unstoppable maniac cop. Like when he grabs a woman and strangles her it's not done in a realistic way i mean he grabs her and like it's almost like he's doing it with one hand or something where he just she's nothing he just lifts her up like he has this incredible strength strength um now there was a couple of points where he got where they shot they shot him fucking point black and even uh the um uh, Lorene Landon, she's like, I shot him in the face at least a couple of times. <laughs> and, you know, because I thought they were shooting him like in the chest and the stomach. I thought, okay, he's got a bulletproof vest on, you know, so that they they can, uh, you can uh, kind of forgive that or whatever. But, you know, she's like, I shot him in the face a couple of times. But there was one scene that was almost, it was very monster like where, um, a woman was on like the other side of this, like a, like a, a, a door that had like a, a one, like a milky glass window or yes. whatever. And he fucking reaches through there. <laughs> I've seen this shot in a lot of movies where uh, like a monster, like guy will reach through a, like a plaster wall or something yeah. like sheetrock and just go right through it and just grab somebody and pull them through it. And he grabs that woman and pulls her through that fucking glass window. I was like, Jesus freaking Christ. Um, <laughs> when then she was shooting him in the face, maybe the uh, Nina Hartley roast beef was absorbing all uh, the shock. Shit. If it hit him in the chin, fuck, I ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> Bounces back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, Zadar talked about uh, they they had the, the the movie that I saw had a companion piece with it, which was an interview with Zadar. And you know, I've heard Sammy say, "Oh, excuse me, I just uh, belched on film, or not on film." <laughs> um, anyway, um, it had an interview with Zadar, which I was really interested in hearing. I, I know Sam. God damn it! Now I got the hiccups. <laughs> Wait a minute. Nine sips of water without breathing. You can do it. <sighs> Anyway, uh, you go to Paris, France. And, um, um, I heard Sammy say, I've said that like three times now, that Zadar was kind of an asshole mm-hmm. and that he had heard that he had like a, like guess like a drinking problem or something like that, but that I don't know if he had met him or saw him or he had just heard at some of these horror conventions and stuff like that, that he was a jerk. But um, when you watch the uh, interview with him, he seems like a pretty cool guy and you can tell he's a movie fan because he's he's almost like us where he'll be sitting there talking and if he says something about like uh Burt Lancaster or something he'll be like and then you know um when I first met Burt Lancaster he'll go into like a little you know uh, impression and stuff and uh you can tell he's kind of he seems like kind of a funny guy um he um was talking about getting picked for this movie and he had been in another movie and uh, uh I guess somebody just saw him and saw his look cuz mm-hmm. I mean if you people, I know just probably 99% of the people that listen to us, especially all of our fans in China, which we're, you know, thanks for the support, guys. Um, <laughs> we're huge in China. We are this, huge this in week, China. anyway. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, you know, they saw his look, and he has this, Robert Zadar has this, you know, fucking incredibly unique look. I mean, uh, uh, Sergeant Slaughter uh, has, and, Giant Baba or whoever, nobody, Antonio Inoki, all of them. Nobody has a chin like Zadar. It just looks freakish, uh, almost like he has acromegaly or something like that, um, which maybe he does. I don't know. It's getting bigger. Uh, 
Yeah, well, you know, with when the Andre the Giant or, or Giant mm-hmm. Baba, if they had the acromegaly, your your body grows; it just continues to grow. Like Andre the Giant said, like his his skull and his head and everything just kept growing. That's one of the reasons they told him. They said you'll never live past thirty because you you just your bones and everything just keep growing and growing, and growing and internal organs and everything. Yeah. But he he kind of has that look, you know, uh, with his skull and everything. But uh, they had seen him in something else, and they were and they were like, you know, we want you for this fucking movie. You are going to be the maniac cop. And he goes, well, you know, do you want me to? You know, read any line? No, no, no. You don't have to read anything. He goes, well, you know, hell, I thought I at least could, you know, give me a few minutes. I could kill both of you. And they were like, whoa, <laughs> what? <laughs> so, and uh, I guess he had been maybe like a bouncer and stuff like that. And, 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 and uh, so he, you can tell he's kind of got a little bit of an ego. But the one thing um, about him, and I, you know, from watching wrestling and stuff like that, he, he said in the interview that he's had like uh, both of his hips replaced. From doing stunts and stuff like that, so you know, a lot of times when these guys with the wrestlers and stuff, you, with the Scott Hall thing and everything, you see these guys that are you know really bad alcoholics or even Joe Namath. You know, people saw him on TV where he was talking to the female reporter and he's like, "I want to kiss you," and he was drunk as shit. Well, you know, reading his biography, it was the same thing. You know, these guys, when she, when you have really bad chronic pain. You know, there's a lot of times and the doctors can't do anything about it. You know, you'll you'll self-medicate. So maybe I, I'm making excuses for him because, like I said, in the interview, he seemed like a pretty, pretty cool guy. Yeah. Uh, so maybe Sammy's just, you know, uptight. And, I don't know, you know, because he seems like kind of an uptight guy. He does. Totally. Um, the paddy wagon uh, stunt. Um, yeah. There's a stunt with this big you know, like cop paddy wagon, uh, which a lot of people in New York and Oakland and Chicago and stuff are learning what paddy wagons are all about. Um, uh, there's a, there's a stunt. It's, it kind of almost mirrors the SUV stunt in silent rage where, you know, they hit a ramp and it kind of goes flying through the air. And that was a hell of a stunt. Nice stunt. Um, crazy. Yeah. Uh, and another, okay. Um, uh, I'm not giving anything away because I think a lot of people have seen these movies. But um, if you've seen the movie Deliverance and you've watched the entire movie, uh, there's a scene at the very end of Deliverance. There's a scene at the very end of Silent Rage, and there's a scene at the very end of Maniac Cop that are almost exactly the same with the water and the the hand. <laughs> right, 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 right. Every sa- and, and it's effective. It really is yeah. effective. Um, I um. That's a, I, I don't have a ton of notes. And yeah, I, I didn't have a ton of notes. Either. Well, one of the reasons was is, uh, we had a little mishap, as usual, for me. I can never <laughs> fucking watch one of these movies, even if I try to ahead of time, and I tried to and found out that I thought I had this movie, and I didn't. So at the last second, I had to scramble and, and, uh, and get it. And uh, then when I was watching it, um, I decided to uh, forego coming home and watching it immediately because uh, I wanted to be fresh for the for the podcast so I, I went to sleep for like two hours and then when I woke up I was in such a grog and I've seen <laughs> this before so it wasn't important for me to like sit there and you know see everything because I've seen it uh, but I watched it with like half groggy with one eye open I do that a lot <laughs> when I'm really <laughs> sleepy. Uh, for some reason, I think if I rest one eye and then when I get tired of that, I'll open the other one and rest the other one. Uh, so, I, and I, my pen, it's one of those things. It's like almost like, um, 
speaking of a Charles Bronson movie, Murphy's Law. Mm-hmm. If something can go bad, it will. Uh, my pen ran out of ink. I couldn't find any pens <laughs> to fucking write with, so I, I had to find the number two pencil that's really dull and blunt. So my notes are really <laughs> shitty. Um, there's uh, um, It's a pretty nice cast. Yeah. Uh, it almost felt like it could have been almost like a Sam Raimi movie. Almost. Yeah. Uh, if if the violence was a little more stylized, I would yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I can go through some of my stuff. The, uh, yeah, go ahead. The, uh, there's a real close to the beginning when, when the first girl is killed, there's just this awful fucking mullet on the corner that I just had to point out. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's so bad. It's like slick <laughs> back on the sides and curly in the back. It's, it's hideous. Um, and there's another there's another murder scene where this stupid idiot girl, um, she can't put a put a fucking automatic car into drive. She's like turning on the windshield wipers and stuff. I'm like, really? They're t- I mean, it's not even close. <laughs> and well, uh, you it, know, I noticed that. I was like, okay, the the fucking windshield gets gets completely smashed, and she turns the windshield wipers on. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you, <laughs> doing, to, you idiot! She's trying to wipe her boyfriend off the windshield, and yeah. she just leaves him there. She's not even concerned. She's fucking out of there. Um, the uh, we talked about awkward scenes. I don't know that. I love Bruce Campbell, but his serious acting here is just—it's pretty painful. Yeah. Um, it's he's he's a lot better when he does like smart ass. Yeah, 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 or over the top acting, like you know, in uh, in Burn Notice. I, I like him a lot in that show. Um, is that show even still around? Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a hit. Fuck. Yeah. So you can he, buy the goddamn first season at Walmart for ten dollars. Sweet. Um. <laughs> but yeah. So I don't know. His serious acting at times it might rival Chuck Nor- Chuck Norris's. Um. Maybe he was still honing his craft, but he definitely wasn't. Did you see the Charlie Varick uh, uh, connection? Uh-uh. Okay. <laughs> I just noticed this myself actually. Um. I always thought when I watched Charlie Varick uh-huh. um, that the girl who does the uh, forgery, that you know she's like the specialist that makes that forges his uh, passports and everything for right. him and uh, Harmon. I for some reason thought that was Diane Cannon. It's Cherie North, ah. and Cherie North is in this, and isn't she the the uh, the the she was Zadar's? Yeah, she's the the, the, the limpy lady. Yeah, yeah, and I—I I, honest to God, I just—I was just looking through. I thought Shereen North. Where have I heard that name before? And it's the first thing that came up was Charlie Varg. We're gonna do that one. I love that. Movie. And she played Babs on Seinfeld. Oh yeah. Is—is <laughs> is Babs? Is that Susan's mother? That was really drunk all the time. Was that who that was? I don't know. I just watched that episode last <laughs> <laughs> when they burned the cabin down, and she found out her dad was. <laughs> oh, that was funny. But anyway. Um, there's a good example of this in this movie, but I really like in some movies when there's a quick cut or something and uh, something has just happened and you can just imagine like as soon as the director yelled cut that they were just cracking up afterwards. Yeah. Um, there's a scene in a bar with William Smith and Tom Atkins where they kind of they get into an argument and um, you know William Smith is yelling something at Tom Atkins and Tom Atkins says, fucking A, I'm a cop. What the fuck are you? And William Smith <laughs> says, fuck you. And then all of a sudden it just cuts. The scene is done. <laughs> <laughs> and I could just imagine them screaming, and then the director says, "God!" And everybody just starts busting out laughing. Um, you do get to see some Z- Zadar ass in this movie, but they do uh, just like they obscure his face earlier in the movie. They ex- obscure his dong. So sorry, the ladies. Shower. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, he said that um, he told them um, 
when they did that scene, he, he said something, you know, this is just a little tidbit, you know, like I'm Mr. Fucker, like check out the big brain. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> he said that he told them, he said, you know, when we do this fight scene, he said, let's do it. Let's make it look real. He goes, I don't want it to be like a really stylized, like, you know, Kung Fu thing or, or anything like that. He goes, I want it to look like, you know, just like, guys really fighting what right. it would be like now i think i'll be honest with you you know i we talked about quentin tarantino maybe borrowing or stealing a lot or whatever he borrows from everybody uh from repo man and um straight to hell but i believe that um <laughs> the guy that did eastern promises stole a lot from this movie um uh, and but you know the thing about Eastern Promises was is that they had to. The reason I think this scene is better is because to try and outdo Zadar, they showed Vigo's <laughs> cock and balls jangling. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they ever had an unedited cut of this where they showed Zadar's cock. And it was like a big deformed, like a tree stump or something like that. It's looking like his chin. It's just yeah, really, really fat, like, like like a fucking Liberty Bell, like a bell, you know. And his, it, it, it's like his. It, oh my god, it, it, you know, the, his foreskin is just like a huge clump, oh and then there's god. like this little thing clanging around. That would be so fucking awesome. But anyway, anyway, yeah, Where there's a, there's some really what's that? Where did I? Where did that come? From? Yeah. But no, that was, a, you know, he was just saying that, you know, he kind of had some input on some of the stunts and stuff like that on his character. There's some, I think uh, his character, they just basically should have just told him, listen, just fucking put that suit on and just, <laughs> that's all, that's all you need to do. Just dude. stand there and fucking look tall, choke some bitches and you, shut up. <laughs> if they would have never put any fucking, like, you know, like I said, they, they showed his kind of chopped up face or whatever. He's been, you know, cut up and mutilated or whatever. They didn't even have to do that. No, they didn't at all. They didn't have to do that. Now, but I'll, I'll tell you what, the younger Zadar, he's not quite as freakish looking. He really looks weird now. Yeah. I mean, because he's gained a lot of weight. And uh, like you said, I think it's almost like his face has almost gotten bigger. But uh, watching him talk, they kind of shot him from the side. So I, I think almost on purpose in the interview. But, um, yeah, you know, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah, about yeah. it. I was going to say, I think you said the quote earlier. Like, I love the good cops when uh, Bruce Campbell's leaving the prison and, like, you know, tells these two cops to get on the floor. And yeah. he's like, I didn't do anything. And he leaves. And the guy, the, the two cops are just laying there on the floor. One says, You going after him? And the other guy's like, You heard him. He didn't do it. Well, that's what's funny. <laughs> was he has a gun and he, and he tells, He goes, Okay, throw your guns away. Now get on get on your faces on the floor, and then he just turns around and takes off. Like they can't just get up and pick their guns and shoot them <laughs> in the back, you know. So, oh, and yeah. then another part I thought was funny was uh, when um, the chick, when Zadar was after her, and she went in the, like the lunch room and closed the door. Well, you know, he didn't like immediately come in and start bashing down the door. It was another one of those things where it's like you're in there, mm. and he's not immediately coming. She's looking for this and that, and um, she goes out on the. Um, she throws a goddamn chair through this fucking window and there's all kinds of people out on the street. And they see this, this like office chair come flying through the window, smashing Campbell stand down there, sees it. And, uh, here this big fuck comes out and is chasing her. And these cops look across the street. Now everybody would be looking up. Yeah. 
they look across the street and see him just kind of stand there. Hey, that's him. Let's go get him. And like 20 cops go chase him instead of the fucking giant monster chasing the fucking hot blonde across the <laughs> you know balcony or whatever. Sadar. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for me. So uh, let's uh, go ahead and do the rate it and all that fun stuff. Um, on this one, if I gave Silent Rage a 6.5, and I should be doing this standalone, but I'm just saying, I almost give this an 8. I really liked it. I, yeah. I, uh, it, and, and one thing about it I didn't mention was it's just very by the book. It's, it's just standard, you know, bam, bam, bam. Here's, you know, you got a killer and then you got the guy and the guy gets kind of falsely accused and they're trying to, it, it there wasn't anything that was really, like you're sitting there going, shit, this is just so different or anything. It's a by the book kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, even the dialogue and stuff, but it's just done in such a way. It's very fun. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it an eight. Cool. Uh, I, I'm. Uh, I'm. I, I did like it. I like it more than Silent Rage. Um, I'd give it a seven point two five out of ten. I like the. Um, I, I like the stunts. Um, at least at the end, the the mm-hmm. back half of the movie quite a bit. Um, and you know. Be it even if it, even if it is a pretty standard kind of monster slasher, you yeah. know, monster person slasher thing. There, you know, there's well, some it, good stuff in there. There's a total Terminator one, Terminator one vibe going on when he's like sieging well, the cop station. Yeah, and and the thing is, and Zadari even talked about this, is that he said he has cops come up to him all the time, and they're like, "Man, we love that fucking. You're the maniac cop. We love you. And love that. We love that character. We love you. We love." You. And he goes. What are you talking about? He goes like I fucking murder all these people, and he goes, "Yeah, but you know, they just let." And and that's the way I felt. I it wasn't like, um, it was really weird because he is this you know fucking psycho killer, and he's killing all these people. But I like I I wanted him to show up, and I wanted him to kill more people. <laughs> I thought, I don't know why. Is that weird? I mean, it, it's like uh, it's the fun. It's it's, it's maybe it's, it's like fun. a Friday the Thirteenth kind of thing where you're yeah. like, you know, if it's somebody that doesn't deserve it, but none of a lot of those people didn't deserve it. But like the guy <laughs> at the at the stoplight, you know, yeah, yeah, and they're, they're drinking and he's like, you know, everything. I don't know what it is. I just really enjoyed watching him kill people, <laughs> and it and it wasn't like over the top uh, gore yeah. or anything like that. Uh, and, and most of the kills, you know, he just like either grabbed the person or he had this big knife thing. Yeah. In his Billy, in his Billy club. Yeah. That yeah. Like it's a, just slide out hidden, hidden blades. Yeah. That was cool. But when he would do it, it would just be like, he'd do it pretty quick and then they would just cut to something else. Unless of course the person was, you know, almost es- was escaping and he was stalking him. Most right. of the kills were just pretty quick. He'd get them and then they'd cut to something else. Mm-hmm. But I, I really did. I mean, it wasn't like, I, I don't know if I would say I was rooting for him, you know, but it was just fun it was. watching him kill people. Cool. Well, that's our review of Maniac Cop. We got a little yeah. bit of voicemail, so let's take another break and uh, come back and wrap things up. We'll be right back. Ahoy, mateys. This is K.A.B., Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. 
the smooth sound. Fabulous 1340 KAB. <laughs> It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon. And remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it. And don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. All right. <laughs> We're back. Uh, yeah, that's from Halloween 3. Uh, just uh, totally yanked it off YouTube. <laughs> Janked. I've never. I need to watch that. Need to watch it. That creepy. I like that music. Yeah, the the creepy um, uh, pumpkin or jack o' lantern that flashes on the screen. And I really want to find. So I'm putting the call out. There's three things. One, the Paracinema ad totally made made me think. I told somebody this week that I still had not seen The Fog, which is not true. I had seen it. Um, I don't. The original. Yes, the original. I've not seen the remake. Ah. Um, I also thought of Adrian Barbo's big old boobies. <laughs> Yum. Um, and then I wanted to go into um, our little, uh, which we probably should have mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but um, we're going we're gonna to do another poster contest, um, this time with the help of Paracinema Magazine. So um, you did just hear their, their promo there. It, they put out a great magazine. Um, honestly, I'd really suggest everybody get a subscription because they they put out um, they put out a really good product. They put a lot of work into this. Uh, um, Dylan and Christine in New York, uh, the gentlemen plug them constantly. But um, so the the contest we want to do is um, related to Silent Rage. Um, um, Dylan wrote us and said that he had a Silent Rage poster. Do you remember the size of it? Uh, I can tell you in like two seconds. The, so uh, sing a song. Happy, happy nah. Halloween, Halloween, <laughs> Halloween. Um, happy, happy Halloween. So it is a 27 by 41 poster so of the Chuck Norris movie, Silent Life, yes, life-size <laughs> Chuck Norris. <laughs> There's a full 100% <laughs> tall I see uh, what Chuck you Norris did there. Um, it's a Silent Rage poster. We, we'll post an image of it on the Facebook group. Um, we want to ask another trivia question about Silent Rage. So um, the question is in Silent Rage what did the tattooed tittied lady call flounder at the bar? What did the tattooed titty biker chick call flounder in the bar in Silent Rage? Um, so yeah if we get more than one Answer this time. We'll, I guess, we'll do a random drawing or do the, the battle royal again, uh, or for the first time since we didn't really <laughs> get enough participants the last time to get a true champion. But um, so, thank you to Dylan for donating this uh, this prize this time. And yeah, you guys definitely uh, check out Paracinema Magazine. Paracinema.net is their um, is their email address. Is their website, I believe. So, and you'll see a lot of our uh, Facebook friends actually writing. Some really cool articles in there too. Oh yeah, I've written on their blog a few times. Um, well, not you, but I mean some of the other people. Well, I haven't written in the magazine. The cool. But I, I, when I was not a slacker, I did write a few things for their blog. So, yeah, I uh, I uh, 
signed up for a subscription cool. and i've got i've only gotten uh one um one uh issue so far but it was really really good and uh yeah, and I think they just put out the next one, so I'll I will be probably getting it soon. I really like it. It's got some good shit in it. Excellent. So shit. Um, and they're very nice people too. They are. They're great. So yeah, thanks Dylan for that. And um we'll be we'll we'll, we'll keep the contest going. We'll remind everybody next week and uh, we'll post at least the uh, a hint that we're having the contest. So you gotta listen to the episode to actually get the question. Um, but we'll post that on our Facebook group and um, I'll probably put it in the show notes. So, All right, let's do some feedback, shall we? Yeah. First, uh, we didn't get any emails this week, so it's all voicemail. Here we go. Oh, it's time. It's time. It's silver and gold. Metal Mikey phone call time. <laughs> Jim's cornet is leaving me out to a phone to make you a voicemail. And this is for your, I guess, quote-unquote, wacky, racist episode. That's the best way I can put it. That's every episode. But we'll get to the talk of the movies in a moment. Wacky racism. First off, I had to smooth down my massive boner. <laughs> it ends right there. His massive gurgur boner. Um, I think he called back. <laughs> Somebody call my mama. Little Mikey, call it. <laughs> your phone line cut me off after barely a minute of talking. Anyways. You son of a bitch. We didn't cut you off. You motherfucker. We made it all the You show. don't say that to my face, you motherfucker. We made it the whole show. Okay. I had to smooth down my boner because Dr. Zoom had to mention my beloved Nomi Rapace, who, by the way, she could etch out pig on my chest with a... Exacto knife anytime she wanted to, as long as I got some of that sweet, Swedish loving, if you know what I'm talking about, Daddy O. And I'm really glad to hear that Loaf really did enjoy JCVD. I was watching it under the recommendation of the Gentleman's Guide, and it just blew me away when I first saw it. It's just like, oh my God, this film is so amazing. And actual talk on the quote unquote racist episode, namely Mr. Freedom. I believe I watched Mr. Freedom earlier this year on recommendation of another show I listened to, and I found it very enjoyable. I mean, obviously, the movie kind of resonated with me because it's just like, oh, yeah, this movie is very timely, even though it was made in the 60s. But I also truly appreciate the fact that it is like a legitimate visual piece of art. There were bits of it where it was just like, I can actually see some of this on display in a museum. Like, some certain set pieces serve as photographs, and you could display them in a regular art museum. I know I'm sounding repetitive on that, but I just wanted to drop it once more. And I know this is only a movie podcast, because you never talk about anything else other than movies. Never. Like, come on, this is ridiculous. But all I'm saying about live res- wrestling shows is the last one I saw was earlier this month when I went to Berwyn, Illinois, for Shimmer Women's Athletes. Now, let me preface this by saying, people... Forget all you know. You just throw away all notions about, like, Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, although I'm sure Emily would be heartbroken by that. <laughs> this is really entertaining stuff. I would dare say if anybody's in the Berwyn area, they should check out at least some of their tapings. They usually hold two main tapings on the weekend in the year, and it's just really entertaining stuff. These ladies, they, they know how to knock the crap out of each other. 
and I may be bordering on sacrilege for this, but I would dare say that they are almost as nigh-powerful and ass-whoopery performances as Cynthia Rothrock. Now, I'm sure <laughs> I'm probably going to get another email from her saying that she wants to, you know, rip my spine out of my pee hole or something like that. <laughs> anyway, Silver and Gold. How many ways can I say I love your show, baby? I love your show. It is truly the American dream, daddy. But anyways, loaf, zoom. You take it easy, and I will talk to you again soon, all right? Take care, guys. Metal Mikey Oot. Metal Mikey. He is um, like, what is something. Yeah. I don't know why he's talking about listening to other fucking podcasts. I don't know what that's all about. They might have to podcast? answer for that at Horror Hound. Might have to answer. Might have to do a little answering for that. So, so I was I was talking to um to Will yesterday, who, and who? um some dude from Canada just keeps uh, calling me. Fucking the uh, <laughs> I, and we were trying to imagine what it's going to be like when you and Mikey meet up, and like maybe that uh, Mikey could ride in like a little papoose a little bit like it's a face you on the front you know it's gonna it's gonna be like uh it's gonna be like chuck norris and the chicken silent rage we're gonna have like a cheese tray at the end of the bed and get on a hammock we're gonna frolic Mike's wrestle gonna, around gonna show his cute little titties <laughs> um and speaking of women's wrestling, I used to buy uh, get tapes of uh, the uh, I, I'm probably gonna pronounce wrong the, the Joshi Puroresu, the Japanese mm-hmm. uh, yeah. women's wrestling jumping bomb angels, Bull Nakano, fucking Bull Nakano, um, yeah. Aja Kong. Um, they, I'm telling you what, uh, you compare what those ladies did uh, at that time mm-hmm. to this fucking diva shit and fucking. WWE, WWF. Yeah. Okay, now I'm so you know so the the women in the WWE they have some good looking ones. They're they've all become very generic, but my God, could those the the Japanese uh, lady wrestlers could just fucking go and they made they made these chicks look like nothing. I mean, it was it's they were fantastic. I remember. I wish I could remember. I had a tape just dedicated entirely to this one wrestler and i cannot remember her name now but she was amazing um she did some pretty brutal looking moves on people um the the one problem i've always had with women's wrestling is they lack the body weight to one make the ring bounce Mm -hmm. um that's a that's a nice effect when when male wrestlers, especially like with body slams or jumping off the top yeah. or something, when they hit the mat, it actually like caves in and like bounces right. back, and it looks like it has impact. And also when they run to the ropes, when they hit the ropes, yeah, the ropes have no yeah. give because there's no weight. Yeah. So, I, 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 and what's what's nice about uh, the Japanese uh, women's wrestling is they keep a lot of it out of the ropes, and right. they do a lot of stretches. They do a lot of, um, you know. A lot of aerial stuff, I guess. Right. But I mean, not of them don't even do that. But, um, and they just really chop the shit out of each other. And well, that's like a lot of the lucha libre stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it, it um, there's a lot of it that seems so, it's so choreographed. It's like they're just doing spot after spot after spot. I want to get this in. I want to get that in. And a lot of it just makes no sense or whatever. Uh, the Japanese lady wrestling, uh, I thought was it was high impact enough. And enough high flying stuff that it was that that was entertaining, but they it was physical. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, where I think a lot of the Lucha Libre stuff, the physical part is them landing on the fucking floor or whatever, but it there the you don't feel there's this like a uh, physicality like um say you watch Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen wrestle anybody and they're fucking beating the hell out of these guys. <laughs> I mean, it's worked, but it's it's basically the style of uh hit hard in safe places. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they used to always say. Okay, don't knock my teeth out. Don't fucking bust my eardrums or hit me in the fucking eye and break my orbital bone or whatever. But as far as the chest and stuff like that goes or, yeah. uh, you know, hit hit hard in safe places. And you would see a lot of that um, in uh, in a lot of the Japanese women wrestling, which made it really entertaining. Now, on that note, because we're talking about wrestling, I just thought of something that we always talked about, Kenta uh, Kabashi. Um, I'm reading the Stan Hansen biography and I didn't know this, but you know, he was talking about him and he said, you know, that, uh, he knew coming up that he was going to be a good one, you know, cause the, yeah. when they start you out in Japan, you might go five or 10 years as one of the, one of the, they called them the young boys. They bring you up, they have you doing, they said, everybody does this, including the top guys like, um, uh, you know, uh, a thousand or a thousand, two thousand deep knee bends or Hindu squats, whatever you want to call them, push ups, sit ups every day, run, run, run. And they all do this. They train like athletes over there. And um, he said, Kabashi, you know, he said he went through all that, that. And when you're a young boy, you never win a match. You lose for 10 years before you, you get your first match, but you get over by by uh, the people see and know that you have been through all this and you, and you, you fight back and you may not win, but you, you're in there, you know, and you're fighting. And he said that, the, you know, he was, of course he's big he, for a Japanese yeah. you know guy. He's really good sized guy. He said that this was the thing I didn't know. He said, um, other than Steve, Dr. Death Williams, he was the strongest guy that he was ever in the ring with. That, that, that uh, yeah with with kabashi i think all of yeah. his all of his weight is in his uh is in his tits it took a, they took it out of his <laughs> ass because he has the flattest <laughs> ass on earth um but that dude he is he's jacked but not like in the like ripped sense yeah like, not like a bodybuilder he's, he's it's almost like, like a brick wall yeah i mean just big all over and uh, uh as far as the gorgeous ladies of wrestling i will offer this tidbit and it's one <laughs> of the few tidbits of gorgeous ladies of wrestling that i know um there was a lady who I knew through another venue, as I'm looking up right now, um, who was a gorgeous lady of wrestling. And um, I didn't know this. And then I remember, you know, because we used to watch that because um, we thought it was it's just entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, her name was, let me look, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> uh, I think it was, uh, let's see. Tiffany Mellon or Tiffany Mellons. <laughs> and the way that I knew her was her name was uh, Tiffany Million. And uh, she was a hardcore porn star. Whoa. <laughs> and um, she uh, was in a lot of uh, a lot of very uh, good uh, movies uh, and did a <laughs> lot of stuff. And um, then she actually went on and became like she a, a female bounty hunter. And I think she had like almost like a. She had like a reality show, kind of like Dog the Bounty Hunter, but it was on some kind of a. Uh, it's uh, the show was called uh, Wife Mom Bounty Hunter, 
and it was on uh, it's the the WE channel. I don't know if it's like the Woman Channel yeah, or something. We, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we never. I don't think we get it around here. But um, it's you know, um, she basically talks about you know when she was in like uh, porn movies or whatever that uh, she says somebody will come up and call her Tiffany Million or whatever at these conventions and stuff. She goes, that's, she goes, that's not my name. She goes, you know, my name's uh, Sandra Margo or whatever her real name is. She goes, that was just a character I played. She, she looks at the porn thing as just like as an Acting. actress that she was playing a character, <laughs> but yeah, she was in the, she was in the, some uh, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. wrestling. That was a long time ago, man. We're getting old. We are. We are. What you gonna do when the holster runs wild on Metal Mikey? <laughs> All right, next voicemail. Hello, Silva. Hello, Gold. It's Emily. Um, Danny Trejo is tiny. He's so tiny and adorable and huggable. Um, I know this because last year at the Rock and Jack convention, he was there, and I was walking around with my dear friend Erica when somebody kind of like bumps into Erica. And Erica kind of jumps, and then she realizes, oh, my goodness, it's Danny Trejo. And he's so nice. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Which is a very nice thing to say, because, um, like, two months earlier, I was at another convention when Richard Dreyfuss had to walk through me to get to a line. Didn't say excuse me. Did not say excuse me or sorry or anything. Um, both of whom are very short. And how short they are, I can't be sure. However, as I myself am under 5'2", I generally... If I think someone's short, it means they have to be, like, under 5'5". Five five. Because, I was like, I know people who are 5'6", and to me, they're tall. I don't know. I can't tell. Um, so I think Danny Trejo was probably around 5'2", maybe? Maybe? I don't know. Can't tell. And, um, uh, is there something else? I have not seen any Russmeyer films. Uh, I apologize that I cannot contribute. But they're not on Netflix. If they are, then please tell me which ones they are, because I was searching and I couldn't find any. Um, I'm thinking... My library may be able to help me, but then I have to pay fines at my library. There might be another way that we can help you with that. Something I'm willing to do (laughs) for Silva and Gold. Okay, on that note, I'm going to work. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay. I have a couple of comments to make. Okay. Number one, as of now, if I ever see Richard Dreyfus in any venue, I will fucking punk his ass out. (laughs) For doing that to you, that fucking little cock sucking cokehead, <laughs> he better fucking watch his shit messing with the silver and gold ladies. Because we don't we treat ladies like ladies. We treat some ladies like other things, but we treat our ladies like ladies. <laughs> uh, another thing, uh, now for some reason, I have this image of Emily uh, having sex with Chuck Norris because they're both <laughs> short. Thank you, Emily, for that. Uh, <laughs> Danny Trejo is holding the camera in the corner. Danny Trejo from a low uh, angle. Is one Danny Trejo is one of these guys that um, I I whole, I wholeheartedly recommend that everybody, including the loaf, the pickle himself, uh, seek out his uh, the documentary about his life called Champion. It's not like an A and E documentary; it's an actual documentary, uh, and it's really good. And this is a guy 
that if you would have met him when you were younger and he bumped into you, he probably would uh, maybe throw a hand grenade at you because he used to rob stores with a hand grenade. Uh, He went to fucking like uh, uh, San Quentin or Folsom Prison. I can't remember which one. And he was a hardcore criminal and he has totally turned his life around. But if you listen to Val Kilmer and Dennis Hopper and all these guys that were in movies with him, you know, they'll tell you, you know, uh, he is one of the most, he's one of the nicest guys that they've ever met the nicest guy to work with and everything but he is so intimidating um like i said i think it was on netflix maybe even on instant watch uh but he's just a really cool and uh uh character and you know growing up uh in the situation he grew up in with actually his family members, he had an uncle that he really looked up to that was just like his best friend, his mentor and everything. And his uncle was a heroin addict and a criminal. And that's kind of how he got into it. Um, but very good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, maybe even Danny Trejo, Emily and Chuck Norris. I'll be thinking about you tonight, Emily. <laughs> Kisses. Um, oh, and uh, last thing, Emily. Um, yeah, we can get you some, some uh, Russ Myers, just yes. uh, if you w- want to watch some stuff or anything else, you know, uh, we can drop it in the box. The box. The box. But thanks for the feedback from you and the metal Thank one. Thank you very much. Yeah, and check out Emily on Gleecast. We played her promo earlier. And uh, Girls on Film. Girls on Emily film. on there, too. If, and, and I have to say this, too. I, I don't mean to, to uh, be whatever about Girls on Film, but uh, hey, girls, um, how about putting out another episode? <laughs> we're cranking out like four a week now. I know. We're just, guys we're just c- packing them all in. We're doing four a week, but we're just packing them into a very bloated three-hour oh, show. Yeah, well, we even have uh, we even have shows that we haven't even broadcast just in, in like storage, just in case. We've been fucking recording since like 07. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, people, people. Thanks for all the uh, support. We've been getting a lot of uh, good feedback, not, yeah. you know, like on feedback, but from other people saying they like the show. I don't like it, but, it's you know. It's terrible. I don't know what's wrong with you people. You're idiots. <laughs> it just seems like the worse we are, the more they fucking like it. Go figure. All right, I got one more voicemail. Just like sex. <laughs> hey, guys. It's the Cinemascus Justin Arbolter here calling in to comment on those two films who have just finished reviewing those being Silent Rage and Maniac Cop. I seen both films and enjoyed God them both. Damn, he's on the I'll ball. Start with Silent Rage, which is a fun little B-rate, B-grade Chuck Norris film that seems like it'd be perfect at a drive-in. Uh, it's not great or anything like the fight choreography could have been better, but you know what? It's, it's a fun film. You get what? what you expect from Chuck Norris versus an Unstoppable Killer movie. I like the little science uh, background it had going for it and uh, one scene in particular will remain one of my favorite in all of cinema just for hilarity's sake it's when Chuck Norris and his uh, I guess you could say uh, sloppy uh, partner uh, they go into a bar and the entire bar starts to pick a fight with the two so Norris tells his partner to go check up to go call for backup and then Norris starts fighting with all these guys and it's one of those hilarious action movie fights where instead of just attacking all of them, attacking them at once, they come one at a time like in a video game and he just <laughs> kicks all their asses. So you can't, so while Chuck Norris is like taking all these guys out, 
you're chained over to his friend, his partner on the outside, and he's talking to dispatch. And instead of calling for backup, he's telling the guy, man, these are the biggest kids i ever seen. <laughs> and then Chuck Norris throws the guy out the window, and the guy just freaks out and goes, back up, back up, man. And it just made me laugh so hard. I totally thought of both you. Uh, it totally reminded me of, like, our conversations every week when he's on the radio is like, man, they're the biggest boobies I ever saw. <laughs> the biggest things that I was like, man, that sounds like an episode of ours. <laughs> well, you just, it just came out of nowhere, and I just thought it was a, a blast. I thought that was a good uh, symbol of what the film was about. It's a little fun film, not great or anything, but it's an enjoyable film. If you've seen most of Chuck Norris's other flicks, you, you can't go wrong with this one. And then I'll go with the film I enjoyed better out of the two, and that's... Uh, Maniac Cop, which it's been a little while since I've seen it, but I remember having a great time with it. I really loved the concept of a, a wrong cop, uh, a friend cop now taking vengeance against the police force, and I like the aspect of using uh, the fear that all the citizens now fear any and all cops because of Matt Cordell, which I thought was a nice little twist, and I really enjoyed Bruce Campbell in his role, as always. So it's a very fun, B-grade like action horror film, and I have seen... I was mentioning on Facebook that I had seen the second, and it's pretty fun, too. It's not as good as the first, but definitely good if you want to waste some time. And I had mentioned I did not see Maniac Cop 3, but I just finished watching it since you guys reminded me that I wanted to see it, and it's still up on Netflix since. And, and uh, you know what? I'd say it's probably a bit better, probably at least on this part with two. I thought it was uh, really good. Uh, it's nice to see both Robert Davi and uh, Jack Harrell Haley in this. Uh, a lot of it's set in a hospital, which I always like when horror films are set in a hospital. And, you know, it follows uh, the one cop, Katie, who's been uh, wrongfully accused. She's on, like, her deathbed, but she was wrongfully accused of killing a, a, a civilian when, in all actuality, she was shot first. But, you know, the news report made it look like she would say framed her. So, you know, Matt Cordell's kind of trying to, like, bring her to the dark side, I guess. You know, almost like a bride of maniac cop. And uh, Robert Davi is her partner and, like, her friend, so he's trying to, help her out. It's, it's entertaining. It's, it's really short, and it's what you expect from a Maniac, maniac Cop film. So all three of them, I think, are fun, and if you want to waste some time on a rainy day or so, they're definitely entertaining films. And I do want to comment on one movie that I know Zom was joking about at the end of last week's podcast. That was Children of the Corn Genesis. Now, I am the cinemasochist, and I do like to see a lot of these horrible films, and I checked into this when it came out in September. Now, I know this just like the new Hellraiser Revelations, which I endured, and uh, it was mainly made just to keep the rights to the film, like the studio was about to lose the rights, and instead of losing the rights, they had projects they wanted to do in the future, like a remake of that. They just quickly did a movie in like a day, I think, and you can tell because they put absolutely no effort in this. It's about an hour and 45 <laughs> minutes, and I'm not going to lie, I rarely, if ever, will turn off a movie, but about 35 minutes in, I noticed this was going nowhere. It was very horribly acted. It really felt like they just had like five pages of script and just told the actors just keep ad-libbing horrible dialogue, which they did, and I just turned it off. And I did talk to one person who finished the whole film, and they said, you didn't miss anything in the next hour. If you can, avoid this movie. Uh, most of the child, Children of the Corn movies aren't that good. I, I like the first one, but most of the sequels are terrible. But this one is entirely pointless. So if the cinematicists can't make it through it, I don't think most people can. If you can, though, you get my uh, regards. But, hey, uh, happy Halloween, and everybody, and have a good one. <laughs> Whoa. Fuck a duck. <laughs> All right. Cinemasticus cool. is watching shitty movies so we don't have to. Apparently so. And let me tell you something, people. <clears throat> <clears throat> it's bad enough to sneeze on air, 
but when you have to piss as bad as I do right now, <laughs> <laughs> it's brutal. Ooh, right. daddy. Zom's been pinching it closed for the last 45 minutes. All right, we'll, let's, we'll wrap things up pretty quick. Up. So thanks to everybody that sent us feedback. We appreciate yeah. it. Um, yeah. uh, you can give us more, more feedback. 206-339-1600 or email us at silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, and if you don't like to, if you don't want to call voicemail, just send us an MP3 to the voice, to the email. That works too. Um, yeah, our website, silvaandgold.com. Uh, check us out on iTunes too. Uh, maybe give us a review there. Um, I know the gentleman plug for one of those every week. You know, uh, we've gotten one, so besides me and Zom acting like assholes, we actually got a real one, so... And, um, yeah, find our Facebook group, again, with the retarded uh, URL, but um, it's, it's on there, Silver and Gold. Um, Mentally challenged URL. Right. Sorry. The, uh, w- what we're covering next week, uh, we've been promising since before we started recording. There's a co- we're, we're still giving out our, uh, our IOUs. Um, we promised Reverend Scott we'd give him a choice since he's done that awesome intro for Yay! us. Yay! Um, so Praise he, the Lord. He wanted us to do a film from 1998 – with uh, Thomas Jane and Aaron Eckhart and Paulina Porizkova. Wow. Wow. And she's naked in this, too. Directed by Skip Woods, who I don't really recognize, but um, it's uh, it's called Thursday. Um, this was a tough one to track down, which is why it's taken us so long to get to us, and or get to why, why it's taken us so long to get to it. And um, we're going to double it up with a... Uh, we're going to do a hump day... Hump Days double feature. We're going to do it alongside 1978's Big Wednesday with uh, with JMV. Yeah, William Cat, Gary Busey. Milius. John Milius film. So yeah, Big Wednesday and Thursday will be what we're covering next week. Zom, you got anything else? I got to piss. He has to piss and I got to um, get something. No, else. everything's pretty cool. Uh, those sound like two good movies to uh, we'll, we'll be we'll be delving into that and I will be making sure that I have both available. I got Big Wednesday. I got Big Wednesday on VHS baby and uh, and uh, the other one will will uh, will protract it from the gaping uh, uterus <laughs> of cinema. <laughs> All right. So, um, maybe even tickle the butthole too while we're doing it. Tickle tickle. All right. Mind the balls. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it for me. So uh, until next week. This Watch is Cake Loaf. Farting. Watch Cake Farting, and this is Loaf Oot. Zom Oot. I got you.